Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. What up? I'm Van Lathan. I'm here to hold Bootleg Kev accountable. Check me out on the Bootleg Kev podcast. We had a great time. You're not going to want to miss it. Is this? Where would I have heard a Yeet song? Where would you have heard a Yeet song? Mm-hmm. I think just like online on without knowing it. Like if someone used it, because he did, he did the Minion song. What Minion song? Oh, from from like, the movie. From the Rise and, of Gru or whatever. And it was a big, uh, it was big on, on like TikTok and Reels. Yeah. Well, listen, Van Lathan is here on the Bootleg Cat Podcast. Right. Welcome. What's up? What's up, man? Chilling, bro. The only thing I'm here to talk about is Dua Lipa. Well, I don't know much about her outside of, I think she's from the same place Action Bronson's from. They're from Albania. Albania, yep. You never heard Dance the Night from the Barbie soundtrack? Maybe. I watched the movie. Lately, I've been doing... I, I watched the movie. Yeah, yes, yes. You don't like that shit? I heard that song. I don't know if I've really like applied myself to when it was on to like really know. I, it's just background noise. You feel you're too masculine for that. No, no, no like it's not even that. You're the type of guy that's like, you feel like there's not a part of you, and now... Post Cat Williams, nobody will be able to do it. But you feel like you can't let go and tap and tap into a different side of yourself where that means sure. something about you. I have you. plenty musical sides of myself. Like, tell me, like, what's what's? I have a Garth Brooks shirt on right now. Yeah, that's not what I'm talking about though. That's just the racist side of you. <laughs> actually, he's not a racist. I shouldn't say that about Garth Brooks. Garth <laughs> Brooks is actually cool as shit, and he's like fucking. I think he's like a pretty progressive dude. That's what I'm saying. Like Garth for, Brooks is one for of the, the genre. He's one of the good ones. Colin yeah. Baton Rouge. I like that song. I also liked when he uh he flipped it up and went with Chris Gaines for a little while. He, he was emo. He was emo. Yeah. Like, I didn't get that. Shit. I mean, at the time I was like a little kid, so I was just like, I don't know what's going on here, you know? So are you so you didn't like that? So are you, are you one of the are you one of the white boys that you go extra hardcore to make up for the fact that some people might like not want to let you in? 
know what I'm saying? Like, nah, I'm just me, man. Just you? Yeah. Who's your favorite rapper? Ever? Yeah. So I have two answers to that question. My favorite MC of all time is Nas. Okay. My favorite rapper, rapper is Nas. My favorite artist in terms of just like discography, uh, you know, Kendrick's creeping up in there, but it's Kanye. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So it's like Nas. And then like, I just have a, a real serious place in my heart for Outkast too. So I would say those would be like the, the three, but Nas is like my favorite rapper. Nas is to me the most the most you know how people say the the greatest rapper of all time Nas is the most anointed rapper of all time I mean I I see the perspective of people thinking that like sometimes he's just like he just gets it cuz he's Nas mm-hmm. you, but in my opinion like between Illmatic it was written you know I am I I loved I am a lot of people didn't like it uh I just don't know, like, who's writing records like fucking Rewind, you know what I'm saying? See, that's my thing. It's like, there are certain people in all of this, when we have conversations about who the greatest rappers are, who the greatest MCs are. Because your favorite album of all time is 400 Degrees, right? Yeah. 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 But when we're having conversations about that, I think we have them too broadly. For sure. I always say just my favorite. Right. I think that there's like the list, Mm -hmm. which to me, like, the only guy who should be number one that like nobody could argue with is Jay-Z. Now, there's an but you can argue though. I think Drake's and and again, I don't think I don't think Drake's number one, but I have to give it to so him. What it was, so when you say Drake or Jay-Z, like what's the metric there? I just think that like we're getting to a point in time where if you're probably like 25, mm-hmm. 26, I think that the way you've lived your life and consumed music, Drake probably has to be the undisputed goat. Because I because nobody was like like a lot, like, like these people weren't alive. Like I went to the warehouse when I was like 12 or 13 and bought blueprint. You know what I'm saying? Like I remember buying ghetto fabulous and blueprint on September 11th, like the Mm -hmm. same day the fucking, the the towers hit. Um, so I think that like, there's a whole generation of people who like, there really is only like one answer that's like unarguable and that's Drake. Mm -hmm. Right. To me, I think Kendrick is, I put Kendrick over Drake. I think sometimes people confuse and this is in a lot of things. And like I said, they're different subgenres. When I say Nas is the most anointed rapper of all time, there are certain rappers to me that exist that I feel like they're touched by something ethereal and spiritual. Just artists across the landscape of music to say something to people. I feel like Nas is one of those guys. I feel like Jay Electronica is one of those Shout guys. Shout out to Jay Elect, man. I feel like they, you have guys out there and these guys they would never be on the level of some of the other people because they have something that they have to say. It doesn't mean that they're perfect people. It right. doesn't mean that they don't get things wrong. It doesn't mean that they need to grow. It just means that the greatness of their music is being funneled through this ethos that's so uncommon that a lot of people aren't going to even try to do it. When you're talking about like Drake, that's like Avatar 2, The Way of Water. And what I say about that—that's right. I always say Drake is like the Transformers. Well, yeah, I'm saying you look, <laughs> you know I mean? when like, you go to see when you go to see or, Ava- or, or Avengers, right? Or right, Avengers Endgame. But I actually said that because Avatar Two went past Avengers, but maybe it didn't. But look, when when you go to see Avatar Two and you sit down, you are going to be like, God damn, this is impressive. You're going to enjoy it. You're going to enjoy, it and you're going to be like, this is the this is super duper impressive. The visuals are crazy. The story, which is the meat of it, mm-hmm. is good enough for you to remember that you are having a good time. You are immersed in something. 
Drake's it's going to do numbers. Going to set gonna box numbers, office records. All of that. Drake has always immersed people into who he is. Right. He's always given you just enough substance for you to be like, nah, this guy doesn't have anything more. But, but not enough, in my opinion. Not enough, but just enough for you to be like, he's giving you enough emotion. He's giving you enough connection. But he's never really tackled any really important issues. Dude, this is what I say. I say this on every platform. Mm-hmm imaginable i've been saying this for fucking ever i just don't know how he feels about the world like yeah. i have no idea about like what it was like growing up to be like a biracial kid whose mom was jewish I, like i don't know what it's like like what like he has no fine. he has no political uh, he has no political like he has no political it's stance. not even about politics Let me it's say- not even about politics what's go- like in the world like right any sort of like little bit of consciousness, little bit of just state of events happening, little opinion. He's like, he don't want to have an opinion because it's like the Michael Jordan thing. I feel like. Republicans buy sleepers, uh, sneakers. sneakers. Let me tell you something about, about when I knew that Drake was kind of where he was and fantastic artist, makes great music, but this is what I was going to say. And an incredible rapper. Incredible rapper. Best song maker ever, maybe. Like, incredible rapper. Like, doesn't have too many bad songs. It's literally yes. It's like hard to have a Drake bad song. Ninety six percent from the field. Here's the thing: in the wake of the Drake Pusha T situation, that was an opportunity not just for Drake to get to the pure essence of hip hop, right? Because he's already done that. Mm-hmm. For people to say that Drake has never answered a diss, that's not true. He's answered disses all the time. He temporarily halted Meek Mill's career, right? But. There was an opportunity there, and maybe he was going to do it or whatever, for us to get an understanding of how difficult the Adonis situation mm-hmm. or the entire thing with his his baby's mom was yeah. for him. Yeah. Because like those are that's a real relatable situation. Relatable mm-hmm. situation. When I say the Adonis situation, I don't mean to 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 say uh to say the Adonis situation because he loves his son and of he's course. obviously a he's very great devoted father, yeah. father. He's a great father. But to be in a situation with someone that you weren't particularly attached to mm-hmm. and somebody that had kind of been out there in the uh in the industry everybody was having fun and then to have that and deal with that and to ha- be trying to keep it close to the vest like that mm-hmm. and not have people know about what's going on in your family life and then you just have somebody come out and tell all your fucking business that's got to be fucking difficult to deal with mm-hmm. and if anything that was an opportunity to and he kind of he kind of dubbed it as like I wasn't hiding. He held phone. the L and didn't reply. But he also didn't give us anything more about what it meant to go through that, like when you're at the height of your career. And, and why a, and why the, it was, he didn't want to make it public. And why he didn't yeah. want to do it and, and what it even meant for them to get back cool and all of that. So there's there's a, and it might come from all kinds of things. You know, when we talk about people, we talk about them like we're talking about the uh, the NBA or the NFL, but these people are putting their lives in this For sure. music. So there might be a trauma response there. There might be uh, a distance from people to protect yourself mm-hmm. that might be there, all kinds of shit. But because of that, the music is always going to be less important than somebody else who gets in there and bleeds on them motherfucking records. Mm-hmm. Always. And it don't matter what it is. We could be talking about the difference between the 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 Beatles and Van Halen, mm-hmm. you know, we could be talking about the difference between fucking uh, Marvin Gaye and Luther Vandross. It's almost like you said. It's like if Drake is like we all love Avengers, mm-hmm. right? Like Nas is like you know, No Country for Old Men, maybe. 
Yeah. Nas is like no country, for, but the best movie in that ilk. So I would say he's like, there will be blood. Right. Yeah. Nas is like, there will be blood. You can watch it and enjoy it as much as you want. And I've seen there will be blood a bunch of times, but you got to fucking commit. Mm-hmm. You got to commit to that movie and you got to give it something. It's going to take something from you. To me, that's why Kendrick, to me, has like, I don't know if we appreciate him enough because he somehow catapulted in between those yeah, All his two. sliders up. Right? All, his all of them are up. All like, he has hit up. records. He he, 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 he go rap. He's he, one of the he, best rappers. He, he, yeah, like, the music is important. I don't know if anybody's a better rapper, to, to be fair. Like, up. I don't know if anyone is a better rapper than Kendrick. I mean, mm-hmm. there maybe, you know? Like, I mean, there's guys like Royce and, like, you know, there's guys who are amazing MCs out there. But, like, Kendrick Royce is... Royce an alien. Royce is not, like, a you know amazing MC. Kendrick's, like, a God-level MC. There's a level of guys. Royce rap better than Kendrick. I think Kendrick can do things Royce can't do, though. I think in terms of like wordplay, voice change, I think I think certain things. If you are going to talk about lyrical, like lyrical, just da 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 da. -da, I think there's. I think Lupe is probably better than everybody. Lupe is now we don't just go press just go press play on murals. No, no, I think Lupe. I think I think if it's if it's MC, I I think bar for bar, Lupe might be the greatest. Another white man sit here to separate us. You did that on purpose. No, 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 no. Well, I liked when they had their. I liked when they had their together. Right, and that's why you live. I caught that. No, no, no. I didn't. I caught that. I used to work at the place that invented that. I didn't do that on purpose. I caught that. So are you telling me that Lupe? If we're just talking about. At rapping. One of the most talented. He's amazing. It's like, it's dumb. Quite Man. possibly the biggest what if ever. So let me tell you something about, let me tell you something about Lupe. When people think that rap, like, isn't art, I had this conversation with my daddy. Rest in peace to my dad, man. My dad was like, yeah, man, you know, I, I like the little songs that y'all be having. And this is what I love about older black people. They have a way of bringing you in, but then reminding you that what you're talking about really ain't shit. Mm. So my dad is like, I like the little rap songs. Little. <laughs> yeah, they're little, little rap. I, I, I like, like those little, little rap, rap songs, songs yeah. y'all do. Shit, there ain't no confunction. Right. You know, there ain't, there ain't no parliament funkadelic. Right, 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 right. You know what I'm saying? But so I was like, Dad, I can make you right now a fan of rap. I put on Put You On Game by Lupe Fiasco mm. from The Cool. And the song that's basically talking about this idea of the game and this thing that we have kind of elevated in this street ethos and this ethic that we've taken and made it into something that actually um, helps to define the fabric, the uh, the conversation and the relationships in all of these neighborhoods yep. that not only does it not serve us, mm-hmm. it was given to us to purposefully displace us emotionally and spiritually and by the end of the song everybody that worships the game has sold their soul to the devil unwittingly it is a master work it's it's one of his best songs for sure yes his best song yeah it's it's his best song yeah. Don't go! Don't go on the Lupe thing. No, we're not gonna. Bro. We're not gonna. We're not. Because I'll go. I'll go. Lupe, but, but, bro, but see, this Lupe, is the thing. Lupe, Royce, J Electronica, Nas, mm-hmm. nigga. In addition to my homeboys from Louisiana, Box Royale, all of those guys. Like it, these are the guys that I listen to. These are the guys that I listen. Likewise. to. Likewise, like all over and over and over again. Random, random tidbit. What? You about to tell me how you know J Electronica? What did you think of the Bad Meets Evil album? 
Here's the thing about the Bad Meets Evil album. Because I just I was so tired of the girl who I always confuse her name with the porn star's name. It's Skylar Gray, but I always call her uh, what's the porn star's name? The white chick who was popping like ten years ago. Her last name Sasha Gray. Oh yeah, that's a good one right there. <laughs> that's a good one, bro. Sasha, you said Skylar, you threw. But me Skylar up. Gray's I just was got so to the bad. point where Eminem was just putting this her pink on every fucking record. I'm like Skylar Gray doesn't belong Look, on I, a fucking I like, I like Bad, bad Meets Evil album. I like Bad Meets Evil, but it's Eminem coded. Mm -hmm. So. M has a very distinct style, and it's his style and the way he does his thing now is pretty heavy-handed. So, but but the song you just brought up about Lupe, I would take a single one of those from Drake and be like, okay. He has some songs that make you think. He, he has some songs like the, when whenever Drake talks about his mother, his mom, or or he does. I mean, like he's very vulnerable. I feel like when it talk when he's talking about relationships and mm -hmm. like his room. Yeah, yeah, I just yeah. think that like. Uh, you know, like you said, like just dive into any sort of fabric of like the world. That'd be nice. Drake also is like one of the best examples of uh, like light skinned nigga privilege that's ever existed. Because mm. like speak to such things. I know you can't. You probably try to when you're off time. <laughs> I don't. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, because like a lot of Drake has. A lot of songs that are very, very, very uh, sensitive, complimentary, uplifting to women. Yeah. But also, Drake got a lot of heart on these whole songs. Drake got a lot, like even when 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 Best I Ever Had when 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 Best I Ever Had first came out, the song every all the girls are rocking. It's like when you listen to the words of that record, mm -hmm. that's not a very heartfelt song. Well, you know, I like, think the greats are all uh, you know hypocrites. Tupac, Nas. I mean, not a, human beings. So well, the pendulum swings both ways. We're not not everybody is one thing. You know what I'm right. saying? Right. So like, when I so so all I'm saying with him though is that like he has a record. He has a reputation of making music for women. He has a reputation. Yeah, of he making, has that reputation. Right. He has a reputation of making mm -hmm. music for women. Yeah. And really, when you think about it, especially here of late, he has as many songs for the women as he does. Basically, I'm hard on these hoes and I'm Drake. Yeah. You know? But look, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you one thing right now. The run that he's been on for, nigga, since I was dunking. It's 08, 09. Like, best ever had got worked in radio. Not, it's not going to happen again. So, no, it's a one of one. Yeah, it's not going to happen again. It's so whatever you, whatever you want to say... Put his jersey in the rafters. No, it's a one of one. Put a, it's not going to happen again. So your personal favorite rappers... Like, give me your like. Did you you kind of just gave me the Lupe that, Fiasco, Lupe. Nas, that motherfucker, Juvenile, Juvie, Juvie, um, fucking um, uh, Royce, J Electronica. I wonder, you grow because how old are you? We're about the same age. Forty three. Okay, oh, so you're older than me. You're seven years older than me. When mm -hmm. I was a little kid. I was so into No Limit Records. Yeah, of course. Ghetto Dope was like an important part of my life. Yeah. And you wanted to beat him. Well, at the you time, wore camouflage. Yes, I had the. I had a. No, I could, bro. I, I, bro, I had a I, chain, could, I had the chain. I didn't have camouflage. Bro, I could see you. Well, I was super poor. I didn't have camouflage. I, I could but. see you 
I'm from the rough Scrabble areas of Phoenix. I could see you. Yes, actually. Right now. I'll take it. Hey, 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 wait, wait. Dog. Like, Phoenix is crazy. I'm sure it is. Like, I, I'm not dissing Phoenix, by the way, because there'll be some nigga named. No, Phoenix is crazy. I see. Right now, that's, that's how You're shit You're thinking of Scottsdale. Up. That's how I get, this shit gets fucked up. And then all of a sudden, I get back to my DMs, and it's a nigga named Cactus T that got problems with me or some shit like that. I did not. <laughs> <laughs> like, Cactus I, T. How has there not been a rapper named Cactus, Cactus T? Cactus T. Yet? Some nigga that named Cactus T. I'm not dissing Phoenix, man. I'm not dissing Phoenix. I had my No Limit chain, though. I'm, I know you did. And, I, a, Wu, and, bro, a, Wu, and a Wu Tang chain at the Kev, same time. I, bro, you had all the chains. You was hopping from crew to to crew like one of these I, I can t- I can see you at 14 of the of the Rosenberg model no no it, it wasn't 14 it was more like like sixth grade uh it was definitely like um I would say sixth grade um fifth sixth grade I would have like my folder and I could tag up the Rough Riders R the Wu-Tang see W see what like there's a certain thing for white boys who really love rap but it's no, but I, but I, but and I, I can all see y'all, you know, because then when you get to a certain age, then we can't tell you shit about rap no more. Then it's, you get to a certain. No, nah, I'm not that. No, 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 no. See, I, I, we get to a certain age, and you can tell you can't fucking tell me what common meant to me in 1995. I drove all the way from Phoenix to Minneapolis to hear him spit. No, I did see common in Phoenix. Though. I see. I know yeah. you did. Comment in the roots. Electric, um, that's, uh, a, that's a great show. By the way, talking about rappers. Yeah. Black Thought. Oh yeah. Nuts. Oh yeah. Nuts. Andre three thousand. Oh yeah. I hope glasses. I got Mal- equipment right there. I hope Glass Malone hears this. Glasses. Andre three thousand is one of the top five rappers of all time. I think Glasses has some of the worst hip hop takes ever, and him and I argue about them all the time. So you know, Glasses has. You know what? Y'all let Glasses fuck with y'all. That's the problem. He. I, I, my new thing with Glasses is, and I know it burns him up. That's my guy. One of the most solid people. No, ever. he's the best. My my favorite thing with glasses is now. There's his, his albums up there on tape. Three words I say to glasses: agree to disagree. Because he doesn't want that. Nope, that's not what he wants. Glasses gl- glasses are coming there. Sit down. He tried to sit here and say Drake wasn't hip hop, and and it, oh, that's a, that's a that's a Stallworth right there. And that's he a, tried to say, well, I got to think about whether or not Kanye is hip hop because he grew up in a middle class home. Yeah, I mean, that's just, once again, the Drake isn't hip hop thing. He said 444 isn't a hip hop album. Which is a wild thing to say. Right. So, I mean, that's, these are, these are, see, you guys are, this is Glasses 101. I'm talking about the next level. And then his tweets, his tweets, he he be throwing shit out on Twitter. I'm just Mm -hmm. like, I ain't even going to engage today. He believes it though. One of the smartest guys ever talked to. He does. And, And just one of the people that like, when you go against him, it'll make you smarter. No, no, Glasses is great. Nah, he's just got some crazy takes. But yeah, so it's those guys. I'm trying to think who else. I've, obviously, I love Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. Um, it's a lot, a lot of people that I listen to a whole hell of a lot, like uh, Lyrics of Fury, Rakim. I love Rakim. That's one of my favorite songs. One of the, If you caught me in like 97, I was bumping like the 18th letter crazy. I was going to say... I actually, the first Rakim album I ever owned was the 18th letter. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of like went back and got like paid in full. And I like would, I'd go back and kind of just go through like five Mike albums in the source and go buy them and catch up, you know? Things seem the same. And the whole scene is laying. I come in grand with the unexplained, with the brains, the, the things change. The awe. That, yeah. nigga's, that nigga. He, yeah. he on another level though. He's the Marlon Brando of hip It was cool meeting Rakim. As I was, I think it was like. See what I'm saying? Yeah. See? See, no, I'm saying like it was see, like like like, like it, you, you see you see that's this is what I'm talking about. No, I was. Let me like, tell my like, story. No, it's not about let me tell your story. It's about 
that moment probably means so much to 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 Kev that when he meets a new black, and this is not the first time. Why I is everything there. racial? Because it is. No, it it's is. Not. You don't want it to be. What are we saying? You don't want it to be. What? You don't want hip hop to be for black people. You don't think it is. I didn't say that. Okay, so then why can't I say why can't I say you're white? No, what I was gonna Let's say. I was trying to tell my story. Look, you're you're white. A- I'm black. Look at this. Take a picture of this. This is the this is the from me and Bootleg Kev. <laughs> yeah. But what I'm saying is this. That meant so much to you because he saw you for the first time. No. How far did you have to drive? No, what I was trying to say was it was cool when I met Rakim because I met him with like a lot of my homies that are like much older than me, right? Mm -hmm. So like they like like were listening to him like like when he was was Rakim and Eric Eric B. Oh wow. So for me, like of course Rakim's Rakim, right? But it was just dope to see like like kind of like it was like my homies like they're Jay-Z. Just kind of see them. And the way they were just like, and I was like excited, but but to them it was like everything to meet Rakim. You know what I'm saying? Are you familiar with the history of Hollywood? I'm. I mean, I wouldn't say I'm extremely familiar. I mean, I I, I would say I'm vaguely familiar. There you go. That's a good answer. I mean, I think that we're all vaguely familiar. I mean, with I live things. here. Yeah, you go. Um, and what, this is why I say he's the the Marlon Brando of rap. All right, this is my explanation for this. So method acting comes in. You know, Marlon Brando yeah. and you know everybody from the Stella Adler school and um, different, all of that stuff, the Strasburg and all that. Uh, method acting comes in and it changes acting, right? Because there's a, you know, you guys, you know, old Hollywood, very earnest. All of that stuff. Right. Then you have guys that, um, you have a different school of acting that comes in, which is based in realism, mm-hmm. um, synthesizing the character, uh, taking that character's emotions and then making them real, real grounded uh, portrayals of people that are that affect you in a different way. Um, and then every everything changes after him, mm-hmm. right? Not necessarily the inventor of it, but the single symbol of when everyone started to sound different, right? Right, like he was kind of the... F- the, because of him, everyone applied themselves rapping. Right. So after Brando, this is Van's opinion because I know there's somebody out there going, bah, bah. Uh, after Brando, then the next generation of actors that come in a little bit after that, particularly in the 60s, Jack Nicholson, Hoffman, right. all of these guys, and these guys take, uh, like the, the Pacino, De Niro, these guys uh, interpret drama in a different way. To me, Rakim is the bridge between, huh, Cool G rapping the rest of those guys too. But he's the he's the bridge between all of that mm-hmm. and just thinking of a massive. I'm just on this bitch and I'm just spitting. For sure. Right. And there are other guys that are there too. But when I think about what it changed and how people are mm-hmm. are different, I'm gonna get on this motherfucker. I'm no, just you think of him. Rap. You think of him. You think of him, and then you think of the sound totally fucking changing, at least mm-hmm. for lyric for lyricism. There are other guys out there that are for in sure. that situation. I'm sure that Ninth Wonder and Sway are like, fan, we gonna call you and tell you a different situation. Because those are the two most knowledgeable hip hop guys I've ever talked to on the phone. Sway, I've never I met Ninth Wonder once in St. Louis at a bar. Ninth Wonder is a fucking encyclopedia of hip hop. Nice guy. Uh, uh Sway is too. I've, yeah, Sway for sure is the only thing I don't like about Sway, there's one thing I don't like about Sway. Sway too nice, man. Sway is too nice. He's too affable. He's too approachable. He's too conciliatory. Is that, that's a negative? It's not a negative, but you know, a lot of people talk about all of these people and these powerful people and where they should be. And one of the stalwarts, one of the most important <clears throat> voices, sometimes I just want Sway to comment under the fucking thing and say, 
nigga, I'm your father. I've been doing this. Everyone's father. And I've been doing this. I agree. But Sway, he's like legitimately, I'm walking through a, a, a fucking, I'm walking through a hotel, 2014, 2015, mm-hmm. stopped. Hey, man, I love what you, this is way pre-Kanye, stopped, I love what you're doing, TMZ and blah, 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 approachable, give you advice, talk to no, you, he's, just a perfect energy. And I just want, you know, I'm, I'm here for a, and he's a, been, yeah. a one-year heel turn from right. Sway. I See- I don't. I don't. I think that's why we love Sway because he's above all that bullshit. He is. He's above like the petty shit. Mm-hmm. He's above you know worrying about what other people are doing. It's true. You know, I think like Elliot's been going through that the last six months or so. Where stuff. And I, I, you know, for me, like see, like like Elliot's to me like up there with Sway in terms of like shit. I used to get his magazines when I was a kid. You know what I mean? I used to buy every double XL and all the sources and everything. And so I think with Elliot, it's like. I don't know. It's like a mixed bag, I guess, how people feel with him kind of like kind of poking at, you know, like a Kai Sinat or, you know. But Sway, I wouldn't want, I just feel like that's why Sway, Sway is the GOAT. So it's like if Sway's the GOAT, it's Sway or Elliot. But Sway's the GOAT on a whole different level in terms for me because when I think of my childhood and watching MTV, that's where we, before the internet, I watched Sway interviews on MTV News, you know. But I think that that's why we love Sway because Sway's above... Just, you know, that's... Here's the thing about po- Elliot. Pocket watching, looking over at other people, you this, know. This is what I'll say about Elliot. Um, Elliot knows how, how I feel about him and what I think about him, about him. And honestly, what BDOT do and what they mean, you know, they know how important they are. You know, you could t- BDOT is not a guy that lacks in any type of confidence. This is what I'll say about Elliot. Neither, by the way. Neither. Lacking any sort of confidence. Not, neither. What i say about Elliot, and I hope that this is taken with as much love as why, how I mean it. Elliot is supposed to remain the example of what we want to be. It will be a gigantic blow to hip hop and to hip hop journalism if Elliot Wilson turns into the example of what you don't want to be and what you what you want to be. Like he's the golden standard. Let me tell you, yeah, exactly. So what you want to be. I agree. And in every single different avenue, what you have to have are, like you said, standard setters, um, monument builders, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Legends and authorities on stuff. Yeah. And when you're that, when you are that, that's bigger than a crowd that you can pull or the heat that you can deliver, it's bigger because what it maintains is the cultural integrity of whatever you're endeavoring into. Hip-hop is a more serious endeavor because guys like Elliot Wilson exist. Yeah, Hip-hop is a more serious art form because it has serious critics and serious journalists like Elliot Wilson. If he devolves, which it seems like he's dead set trying to, if he devolves into this new school, which I'm not saying I'm not a part of, of clout-chasing media figures. It's not just a blow to Elliot Wilson's legacy. It's a blow to everything. It's a blow to all of it. Hip-hop becomes less serious if guys like that take themselves less seriously. Yeah, I, I look at Elliot and BDOT as like, you know, I, I think back to like sitting at my house, I think it was Christmas or New Year's a few years ago, watching the Drake interview, and I'm like, this is the only... Like, these guys don't have to put out a bunch of shit because when, like they can have conversations like 
that nobody else has the access to have and or like that's why like when he was kind of mad that drake was doing whatever drake was doing sitting in the bed with that uh, what's that chick's name the white chick uh bobby alta yeah yeah like like it like it doesn't matter because you got the three hour all time Drake interview and you're gonna get another one because you're fucking Elliot Wilson. But uh, to, here's the deal though, there's a way to make that criticism, right? I, I'll tell you what I mean by that. There's a way to legitimately. I'm not a part of hip hop media. Oh shit, Kev. Damn, that Velcro came off. Wow, bro. Things are broken. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> shit, slide man. it on. It's always good to drop a white man on his fucking head. Is your head in there? There we go. Boom. There we go. What the fuck I'm talking about? Um, so. Uh, ecosystems. We talk about ecosystems. What is an ecosystem? An ecosystem is something that uh, cyclical. It feeds itself, right? It's mm-hmm. a it's a system of life. Mm-hmm. So that means that, like, um, you know, the fucking plant grows. The fucking uh, insect eats the plant. The fucking animal eats the insect. Animal dies. Boom, boom, boom. Ecosystem. When one part of the ecosystem stops working, the whole ecosystem is threatened, right? It is incumbent upon hip-hop artists to do interviews with hip-hop media because that feeds the ecosystem. They have to do hip-hop media. There's no, I'm telling you, they, if you are a rap artist and you are a big rap artist, yeah. you have to do traditional hip-hop media. At some point in time. No. Or you think about at some point every time. cycle. You have to do it all the time. And the reason why I think you have to do it all the time is two reasons. Number one, cultural responsibility to... to to invest back into that media. Number By one. By the way, I don't disagree with you. And number two, to feed the ecosystem of hip hop. Because the other part of it, the the people that look like Bobby and all mm-hmm. of those people, they're gonna eat off hip hop regardless. The question isn't whether or not Bobby Altoff is or whoever her name is, and no disrespect to her, is gonna eat off hip hop. That's not a question. Her people gonna eat off hip hop because her people own the record companies, her people uh Playlist the shit. Right. They own the big streamers. They gonna eat off hip hop. By the way, right? I don't know who her people are, but well, when I say her people is, I mean white. Oh, so, God. so her people are gonna eat off hip hop no matter what. Right. The question is whether or not the black people, and not just black, but the people in hip hop media, right. whether they're going to eat off of it. And the only way to really control that is to go sit down with them. Right? I think that. Unfortunately, most artists don't agree with you anymore. They don't agree. I'll tell you why they don't agree. They don't agree because, and I, this is just a direct criticism, because as hard as they are, mm-hmm. they are equally pussy. And I say they equally pussy because everybody want to be hip hop, but don't nobody want to be hip hop. Don't nobody want to sit down and answer questions in the way that hip hop interviewers ask them. Mm. Don't nobody want to have somebody. Hip hop is supposed to be this cultural art form where we don't dance around and we get straight to the straight to the point. point. Yeah, straight to the point. Mm-hmm. We don't play no games. It's no funny shit. Right. It's no oh blah 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 blah. It's none of that. It's like hey, did you do this? How did this go? How did this go? Blah blah blah. But because people have seen. A lot of people have bad moments on big platforms. Yep. Now they're scared to go. Yeah. They don't want to have one of those bad. Yeah. Afraid to be hip hop. Right. They're afraid to go sit down and talk in the way that not just hip hop talks, but the way that black people talk, right. the way that we talk when we interviewing each other. Hey, man, that's crazy. What the fuck are you doing? Hey, man, you out of a, a sister. Boom, boom. They're afraid to have a conversation. Mm-hmm. So they would rather go sit down with someone that has a big platform that will treat them in a way that's not, to me, culturally authentic, then actually have a culturally authentic and powerful 
um, conversation with someone that benefits in the long run them than that person's platform, which I am not in hip hop media. I'm just telling you my observations and the entire hip hop ecosystem. So you can't be brave enough to rap about like shooting people on records and all of that stuff and brave enough to be out in the streets, but not brave enough to go sit down with somebody that's going to ask you real questions. Well, I think a couple of things. One, like I've heard actual like managers, label people say like, if someone's at a certain level, doing interviews can only hurt them. Right. Well, this is what I would say. Probably. But I would, I would also say this. There's also another part of that. Another part of that is this. Inside of this ecosystem, I know this very well. I worked at TMZ. Inside this ecosystem, we have to hold interviewers accountable. I agree. For asking questions that aren't substantive, that are clout chasey, that are beef inspiring, that are all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. You have your platform. You can ask people whatever you want to ask them. You can do whatever you want to do. But if we're going to talk about all of these different responsibilities that we have, we also have to talk about the fact that there is a way that you're supposed to conduct an interview when the interview is about music, culture, inspiration, work ethic, when it's about your past, when you're really going to sit down and get a penetrating interview with the artist or with someone. There's a way that you do that. And if you veer off into the clickbaity, clout chasey situation, which a lot of people are doing, we have to be honest about those people too. Yeah. I think like my approach to interviews really is like, if I'm not, fully like there's people I'll interview who I'm like I'm familiar with their music Mm -hmm. but I might not be like a like a hardcore fan right so my whole approach is like trying to figure out who they are like the common ground between me and this person so we can shoot the shit and have like a cool conversation like I I feel like when I think of like Elliot and BDOT I know that they're gonna have the laptop with all of the notes and then this year and then on this, you know what I mean? And there's certain artists that I'll have those conversations with, mm-hmm. but for the most part, you know, it's almost like when I went and did a, I just did a interview with NBA young boy and I was like, okay, everybody who talks to this guy treats him like he's an alien. Uh, I'm just going to like, just go hang out with him and shoot what the shit. What you trying to say about Baton Rouge? Well, shout out to you. You're from Baton Rouge, what right? What you trying to say about Baton Rouge, bro? Well, I just feel like, you know, like I just wanted to like, just, Talk like yo, let's just hang out, mm-hmm. shoot the shit. Like you went to like, Gravedigger Mountain. Yeah, how was it? It was fucking beautiful. You loved it. It was cool. You loved it. Okay. Okay. I, I you ever heard of this site Point and Shoot on YouTube? Yeah, he just did a video about me. I watched it. Yo, it's so funny because uh, you, you mad? No, I'm not. You I, mad at the Point and Shoot? No, nigga. Actually, actually, I bro, what, I DM'd him bro. and said the video was really good. Good job. But can I show was, you the video? But that was passive aggressive. No, it wasn't. It was. It was funny. It was. Let me tell you, bro. Y'all try to. What people don't understand is I've been... Wait a minute. Billy so you watched that video. Yeah, I watched it. So then you know I went to Gravedigger Mountain. So why did you ask me that question if you knew the answer? Because I just... Because I, I, I'm i playing games Because you're a troll. <laughs> Bobby no, Digital, RZA. That video is so funny because uh, I I did not realize. Mm-hmm. So I used to live in Vegas. I did radio in Vegas, right? Uh, and I used to DJ a monthly hip-hop showcase. So there was a, <laughs> there was a guy named uh, High, High Life mm-hmm. who used to throw these showcases. And me and my boy Sam would DJ him. So we would DJ for like maybe 10 to 15 artists every time this would happen. So if you've ever been to like a, a rap showcase, local rap showcase, one, they're not very busy. Two, they fucking suck to DJ because you're dealing with all these USBs. And back then it was, oh, it yeah, was a yeah. CD, mm-hmm. you know, so I had no idea 
that I had ever encountered that dude sharp prior to the time I met him and he came and did my podcast, right? Yeah. So it's just funny that like this guy has this like gotcha moment mm -hmm. and uh, is like trying to talk down on me because like I, I, I frequented strip clubs in Las Vegas and I've been. But what, what, this is what I would say. It was funny though. It, no, no, I actually think that it's dude just, is really funny. What I, I think that dude like he the video was funny. But you I tried laughed. to draw him out and get him on your podcast so you could line him up outside. I know what you're trying. Nah, to. nah, nah. You, nah, nah. Kev, you one of the biggest gangsters. You actually might be Cactus T. You one of the biggest gangsters in Phoenix. You trying to get him? This is what people do. See, y'all think I, I'm too. I'm too veteran for this. You, hey man, I appreciate that. Good. Boom, boom, boom. I love to have you come over here. And then all of a sudden, you and your man over here stomp them out. Nah. And, and, and that's good for you because now you got a headline. First you all, I have room. children. How many I, children you got? I have two children, and I, I. Are they I, old? I have an eighteen-year-old and a ten-year-old. So that changes nothing. No, no, no. The I'm not gonna. I'm would not help you stomp out, point and shoot outside I'm of the motherfucker. Listen, if I'm, you had babies, that would be one thing. But you, what you just said was, I'm, I got another nigga in the crew that can help me fucking stomp out, point. I'm and not shoot. risking any charges. Boom. There you go. I'm not risking any felonies. I get it. For a video, I actually genuinely thought the video was funny. It was. I watched all his videos, and I think that like he's that, actually really good. There's something to be said that when someone is obviously fucking with you and joking. I thought it was like all yeah. of the stuff he said about me, I genuinely took Very talented YouTube. I, I thought it was like funny. I was like, oh, that's good. Cause like I'm, I have like, uh, I don't have that big of an ego. I don't really give a fuck. Like the way him and I talk to each other, me and my friends talk to each other. I'm like, this shit's great. What, uh, what YouTubes do you watch? What YouTube channels do you watch? <sighs> I mean, I would say most of my YouTube stuff is very sports heavy. Okay. Sports heavy. Okay. Um, you know, I would say I watch a lot of PFT with like Mike Florio, Chris Sims. I watch, mm -hmm. uh, you know, McAfee's in there every once in a while, all the NBA stuff. Uh, and then I'll, I'll, I veered into like, uh, there's this political channel called Breaking Points. Oh, I know that point. Uh, Crystal Bell? Yeah. I like, Crystal Ball? I love them because I can just watch and. I watch Crystal Ball. I watch Rising as well with uh, Robbie. Rising's amazing Robbie, on the Hill. Uh, Robbie Suave. And, They're and great, and dude. They're great. So actually, those two shows I probably watch every day in yeah. some capacity, just mm -hmm. clips, you know, like to catch up on what's going on. And I, I think that it's dope because it seems like they're all four of the people involved in those two shows are very level headed and they, they give you different perspectives. So you don't ever go on Welcome to Hood War Stories? No, 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 no. I can show you my algorithm if you want to see it. Or not. Bro, pause, dog. What the fuck? Did you see that? I'm saying if you want to see wait, my wait, YouTube. Wait, did, you, did you see what he just did? He said, I can show you my algorithm if you want to see it. And then he reached into his pants, bro. What no, it's sitting on the chair. Look, look. What's the first video? On? What's the first video? The sexual. What did I tell you? Whoa, whoa. I don't want to see your algorithm, bro. Put <laughs> no. your algorithm away. Kev, it's my YouTube Kev, algorithm. Put your algorithm away. I don't know what y'all, I don't know why you call it the algorithm. Probably because you It's want my YouTube algorithm. Like it. Put your algorithm away, bro. Nigga, not trying to see your algorithm. I see uh, the herd. Okay. I see PFT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. Uh, Yo, welcome to Hood Wars. I'll go to Welcome to Hood Wars. Hey, uh, uh, fucking uh, Unk and uh, Ocho Cinco. I, um, MSNBC. Mine. Dan Levitar. So I got. I got. I don't have as much of the sports stuff. I got a lot of it, right? I got, but it's all. It's very specific with me. So it's LSU football. Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's LSU football. So it's not necessarily. I have a lot of sports stuff on there. But it's specific because I saw myself sifting through a lot of fucking sports topics I didn't give a fuck about, right? But it's Saints, 
LSU football, very direct sports stuff, like five different LSU football channels off the bench. My favorite one, Power Hour LSU, fucking uh, After Further Review. There's a show like that for the Suns I watch called Tiger Bait. The, the there's this PHNX sports podcast I watch on YouTube. Like at the end of every game, they go live. And, it's and really then good. you sit down and watch it. Kalika can't understand it. She comes in and she goes, yo, why are you just watch the game? Why are you going to sit down and then watch two hours of somebody talking about the game that you just watched? And I just pause the TV and I go. My wife says the same thing. I, I, I just pause the TV and I go, you want to be in this or not? Cool. Boom. Let me watch my shit. Let me watch my shit. Yeah. Let me play the game. Yeah. I come back all the way from uh, fucking working on the road. I'm doing CNN or something like that. I sit down. I got the controller. When I have the controller, okay, Kev, and Spider-Man is swinging, nigga, I am Spider-Man. I'm swinging around New York. I'm helping people. I'm saving people. I'm going on missions. Bro, just last week, no, no bullshit, I beat Scorpion. I beat Craven the Hunter. I beat motherfucking Sandman. I beat Venom. Not Spider-Man. Me. I did it. Okay? You did. Yeah. I, did, I beat all of these people. I saved Is this Spider-Man 2? Spider-Man 2. Okay. I saved New York. I saved it. When I come home, let me play the game. Do you ever buy video games and you're mad because you don't have time to play them? Wrong. That's my life. No. I buy all the games and I never play them because I don't you're have time. Your my kids now. got them. Lie. You could make time to save people if you really cared about it. Yeah. But the problem is that you got to listen to Shoreline Mafia and the rest of the underground, which, by the way, I'm not dissing them. I fuck with them hard. The shout out to OGZ. Shout out to Shoreline. The, the, Phoenix the, Flex. The rest of the, the underground people. You got to listen to too much hip hop. See, I don't listen to as much hip hop as you. I'm going to go to my hip hop right now. I'm going to go to my title because Jay-Z told me to buy, to buy a title. And then after I got title and got used to title. He sold it? He sold it to white people. Um, Verizon bought it, right? Did Verizon buy title? I think so, yeah. Is that true? Yeah. Oh, but uh, so my shit, like literally the shit that I'm on, like my playlist, mm -hmm. it's all old shit, bro. Yeah, I think mine, I... I'm not listening to no, much of that new shit. So I, I agree. So I've heard these songs. So I, I don't have to like, but you have to be up on hip hop. Yeah. So you don't have time to save New York. The new shit I love is, is uh, so I, I, I knew who Dave was for a long time, but I never... Dave who? From the UK. So Dave and Central C put a EPL called Split Decision, which was my second favorite project from last year. But I dived into this guy Dave and his discography. He's so good. You like him? Like Dave? Elite. Dave is like an elite level rapper. Where's he from? He's from the UK. Nah, I'm not fucking with him. He's fucking fire. Yeah, see. He's got some of the more most vulnerable rap songs I've ever heard in my That's life. That's Cactus T. That's Cactus T right there. Uh, I will tell you one new group that I like. These guys out of New York, they're called 41. They're fire. Shout out. I've had them on twice. Jen Carter, Kyle Rich. Bro, Jen Carter is crazy, bro. No, she's fire. And they're cool as fuck. Jen Carter is crazy, bro. I'm not There's, supposed to be listening to that shit. PTSD I, from the sound of the side. How can I see what I what what I listen to? So I got, this is what I got on here. I got Dua Lipa. I got Domino. Remember him? Of course. Get those jamming about the slam. I got Beanie Siegel. Shout I got beans. Victory, which I guess I'm not supposed to be listening to that now. Victory. Puff, Puff Daddy. Oh, oh, shit. Uh, oh, shit. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'll still listen to that shit. Fuck that. I got uh, Flipside. Freeway? Siegel. Oh, my God, bro. Beanie Siegel, Freeway. That's actually Freeway and Petey Crack. Um, so my, my playlist, my playlist on here, though, is... I'll show you my hip-hop playlist. This is my hip-hop playlist. Running the Far Side, 93 Till Infinity, 
until Infinity, Infinity, Sean Fantasy. 93 until Infinity. Which hey, shout the, out to the ringer, Sean Fantasy. Yeah, yeah, which is the greatest hip hop song ever made. Disagree. Um, it was, okay, got this team. Uh, hey, I disagree. Mass Appeal, Electric Relaxation, Sporty Old. So this is like a playlist you put together. Yeah, this is my shit. Shook Ones. I wish I had a. Troy, see, I don't have a playlist like pass that. Pass Me By. The I, just, I just. Big L, Sugar Hill. I'll just hit search and like whatever I feel like listening yep. to. I do the same thing. Boom. I do that. I do that too. But I do have some playlists that I have to have. And then- Spotify has a 2010s playlist that they curated for me. Mm-hmm. That is fire. It's like all 2010 shit that I like. Title. That? Title. Well, Spotify is great. Mm-hmm. Spotify is. Shout to loves- you could go listen to Higher Learning on Spotify. Yeah, listen to Higher Learning the podcast on Spotify. Spotify is great. I, I, lo- I use Title for a lot of music stuff. Spotify is amazing. It's it's great. I use Title for a lot of music stuff though, because Title knows me now. Title knows me now. I get my, most of my podcasts from Spotify. Yeah, my 2010s playlist is gas. But yeah, I mean, I just, and then I'll just download albums, you know. Like I got, what you download? I got JID on here, Forever Story, Pray for Paris, Westside Gun. Uh, Westside Gun Crazy, Hogan's Elder Crazy. Going back to, um, going back to uh, Elliot and B-Dot. I was loving Griselda. I was fucking with Griselda, listening to a lot they of They had Griselda. the New Year's interview? And then I became a Griselda Fucking fan. Mm-hmm. Love Griselda. Love them. Love Griselda. But I love everybody. I love the people that don't get along. I love Griselda. I think Freddie is having a great like Freddie's I mean, actually to me, Freddie's, a homie of mine. Yeah, he's one of my best friends in the world. So You and Freddie best friends? Yes. Okay. That's my brother, brother for real, for real. Y'all oh, you ever been to Sam's Hoffbro? Yeah, of course. Okay, just making sure. Chicken wings and that's the best place to throw money at strippers because I listen not for, for mean reasons, obviously. Listen to what you just said. Listen, let, let me tell you how you're a misogynist. Yeah, because I go, because when you throw the money at Sam's Hofbra, it's kind of like feeding birds. Okay, for wow, it's true, okay. though. Whoa. It's true. Whoa, because anybody cactus who's on the tea. stage has a right to the dollar. Whoa, cactus tea. Let me tell you something you throw money at strippers, I throw it in the air, I throw money to strippers. Because oh, I here we fucking go. Some... I accept them and their humanity and what they are. I throw money to them. So do to I. Help. No, 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 no. You said what you meant. Stand on it, Cactus T. What you said was you throw money at strippers, at them. I throw money to strippers. Sir, Sometimes I... I don't throw it. Sometimes I put it in an envelope and hand them to them and say, out of most people in the world, you will not find another higher connoisseur of. These establishments, other than myself, I rarely go. But when no, I no, 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 no. But no. when Listen. I do go, when I say rarely, I mean like once a year. But when I do go, maybe not even that. But when I when I do go, I throw the money to them, hand it off like a fucking baton, because I, I want them to live their dreams. Sir, cactus-y. I am very, very integrated in the strip club culture, so Are I'm you? very, very aware. I'm friends with a lot of strippers. What's your budget for a strip club night? What's a good? What's so a bootleg personally, kev night? me. Yeah, what's a bootleg kev night? It depends on where I'm going. Okay. So uh, if I was in Arizona in my heyday at like Jaguars, which is like the best strip club on the West Coast. Jaguars? Yeah, Jags. Jags is the best strip club on the West Coast. Anybody who's gone will tell you that. All all the rappers I take there say the same thing. Jaguars. Jags. Like Jaguar. Yeah. Jaguar. Uh, So I kind of like, you know, I just kind of like, I want to say like, like, it was kind of like my spot. So- I would go in there. I'd get my chicken wings. I get my fucking shrimp tacos. I get my cabana. <laughs> can I tell you? Can I tell you with something the real quick? This is actually a very precious moment. Like there are rare times when you're talking to someone, and you can see the wheels of their brain 
are taking them back to a time where they legitimately have good times. Yes. To a place where they legitimately uh, like, like, like Kev started talking about Jaguars and he goes, yeah, it's a good place. It's a, but it wasn't even like a good place for the reasons that you, like, like I'm not even. I, I, no, I get it. It was a good place just because there are certain places even naked women or no naked women, well, the ambiance It's the right. ambiance, it's the food. The it's time in your life is right. Time in my life. And like for me, I would rather, I'm a, I'm a like dive bar kind of guy mm -hmm. or a strip club kind of guy. Like mm -hmm. I'd rather not be at a nightclub. I mean, I own a nightclub in Scottsdale, right? So like I, shots of the nightclub game fucking does very well. I love I'm DJing at nightclubs, you know, mm -hmm. but I'm not going to a nightclub unless I'm DJing. So, right, it's not your thing. Anymore. Like I don't want to go hang out at the club mm -hmm. because I, I don't know if it's really ever been my thing to be honest. So my, I'd rather go to a dive bar or go to a strip club where we could just chill, have a little convo over some fucking drinks, maybe order some food. So this is my thing about the club, and this is my thing. Right, I'm from a different club culture. Right, when I was in Louisiana. We dress up, we go to the club. We dress up like we go to church. We go to club upscale. We go to Yeah, it used to be like that too. Yeah. yeah. We go to club upscale. We go to They strictly enforce dress code. Strictly enforce dress code, right? We go to we go to there. We go to uh the nightlife. We go to a perfect 10 party. Shout out to TJ, Mike, everybody out there that was throwing parties, shout out to all of them. We go to the parties. And we go there all dressed up. But when we leave that motherfucker, we are dripping wet with sweat. Yeah, we are you were dancing, you're enjoying we are yourself. Bro, yeah. the, you, you know them old movies where you see a juke joint? Right. And the people in there and there's beads of sweat coming off their face. They got face. a sweat rag. And it's a man. He got a, his hand on a woman like that and they grinding and all of that stuff. All like that, that shit's out. You know, we that's what we were doing. We were, uh, uh, like, the, the back that ass up, come on. And, like, the whole fucking club lose their Oh, minds. I couldn't even imagine being alive when back that ass up oh, first my came God. out. But it was a couple of joints that you would just drop. By the way. And just go crazy. But when argument I might be... You know, that, that's an argument for best rap song ever. Could be. Um, best club song Definitely ever. the most... Uh, best club song ever. Could be. Definitely best club song ever. So, like, then you get to L.A., and they don't have none of that. That's not how the clubs are. The clubs in L.A. are uh, musical museums. I think there was probably a, a, a time where they were more like that. But I don't I, remember it. But, like, the clubs in L.A. Were, are musical museums. Like, they're music playing, and you're looking at pretty pictures all around. I mean, people are turning up a little bit. You might get a shoulder shimmy or something like that. So I fuck with that, and that's okay. But if I'm going to do that, I would rather go to a place where I can hear somebody talking yes, over the music. Yes, I agree. So the music is playing, yes. and we all chilling. That's my whole point. We drinking. We having a... What's, what's your drink of choice? Uh, it's, it's changed over the years. These days, if I'm not trying to lose weight and be fat, uh, mm -hmm. I always just get a Corona. I like a whiskey sour and so i'll drink or one. or tequila right? on the rocks a tequila on the rocks so i'll drink one right and if i can hear you talk and we can all have a we was at, i was at a party last night and it was about it was for the black oscar contenders of this year right. shout out to ava and I, i'm going to get like 50 shout outs in this bitch i don't give a fuck so like we so we all having it and we're just talking and we're dancing some people are dancing that's what i like i'm older yeah no i just think that like like you said like for me i'd rather go to a bar mm -hmm. or i'd rather the strip club is just like home to me, I feel like. What's your favorite movie with an all-black cast? With an all-black cast? And you can't Friday. say Friday. Friday. Cactus tea. Fake answer. How's that a fake answer? That's the, fake but answer it's the, alert. But it's, it's the true answer. It's, it, it, nope. It's nope. It's too much. Who's your favorite rapper? Jay-Z? Nah. I didn't say Jay-Z. Nope. But what I'm I saying is, nope. You can't say Friday. You, can't, you gotta go. I'm, I'm challenging you to go deeper than that. I'm challenging you to go deeper than Friday. Would... 
City of God count? No. No, okay. I mean, <laughs> you wily motherfucker. You maybe, but not really. Mm. Kind of, mm? but no. Moonlight? I would say Moonlight. Now, now you're trying to be woke. Love Moonlight. I love it too. It's fucking a perfect it's movie. A great movie. A perfect movie. Try to get Charlemagne to watch it. A perfect movie. Um, perfect movie. Perfect I think it's movie. a perfect movie. La La Land better, but, but like, mm. yeah. I can't see. I, I, I can't. I can't watch anything with singing in it. Oh, you don't like musicals? No, I can't do it. Mm. I can't do it. My wife was telling me. So last night we went. And What's saw, her favorite musical? I don't know. Fuck. Probably fucking Little Mermaid or some shit. <laughs> last night, uh, went to the movies with my family. Her and my other son, that's 10, went and saw Wonka. I went and saw Iron Claw with my 18-year-old. Yeah, that's, look, <sighs> shit. It's Kev. a fucking sad movie, dude. Kev, like, you wanted to bond with him. You wanted him to know the meaning of the family, which is why you Great took him to movie. see that. Because that movie. Well, no, me and my son are hardcore wrestling fans. Yeah, as I am. I'm the number one voice in wrestling media. Are you? Yeah. That's noon. I'm yeah. the number one voice in wrestling media. That's not true. Go to my Twitter. Are you, are you trolling Rosenberg? Go to my Twitter. Is that what it says? Yeah, I'm the number one voice in I don't think media. I'm hip to why you're saying that. So, it, is, is it like when Andrew Scholl said he was the number one voice in MMA media and was trolling the other guy with the glasses? Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about okay. as far as that's control. Well, yo, I didn't know that. Like, well, congrats. Yeah, not, I'll see you at Royal Rumble I, in a couple I, weeks. I am, and it's been discussed. This is not, this is not me just saying this. I've been put over. Do, I, I've been put over. Who put you over? A couple different people. You don't need or? to know that. I've, like, I've been put over. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? I'm, do you I, watch wrestling though? Serious question. I am over as fuck. Do you actually watch though? No, you don't. Of course I watch wrestling. Oh. Okay. Of course I watch wrestling. Did you watch Raw last night? I haven't. Uh, I was at the movies. Well, see what I'm saying? This is what I'm talking about when I'm talking about white people. You're asking me if I watch wrestling. Mm. Last night, what was I doing? Watching fucking raw i was watching, watching iron, but i was CM watching punk and then you're gonna I was come watching back, iron claw and you're gonna come back and you're I gonna say iron, you didn't even watch raw last night. i watched iron claw you didn't even watch it. about the von erics i watched iron claw mm-hmm. about the von erics yeah so what's your favorite what's your favorite match from jimmy superfly snooker to what you didn't answer it because you don't know wrestling well, like i know wrestling that's before my time nice. but uh i was just joking i want to say was it no it wasn't jimmy was it was jimmy superfly i'm trying to think what was wrestlemania was it two or three where fucking macho man i don't think that was against jimmy super superfly you know what? i'll be honest with you all just aside i'm not good at recounting like individual matches that I love. I have individual matches that I love. There are, but to so me, for me, there are certain matches that I do love. There's certain matches that I love too. That I can me, call out, but like... It's more storylines, it's more specific uh, moments, it's heel turns. Like my favorite wrestler of the last 10 years, uh, but this is before he passed, everyone knew this, but I love Bray. You love who? Bray Wyatt. Bray oh, Wyatt was my wow, guy, dude. Was sad. Dude, he was my guy. For some reason, I thought you said Ray, and then no, I'm like, Bray he didn't pass. Yeah. No, Bray. Yeah. Bray was that fucking dude. I felt like he was so mismanaged, and he, sh he should have been the guy to be fucking Undertaker, not Brock. The, under thing, the other thing that, that is tough about being the number one voice of pro wrestling and being such a wrestling fan is it's such a hard life on the guys, man, and the ladies. So mm -hmm. you're like, it's going to it be is. a lot of tragedy if you're a huge wrestling fan. Because it, it, watching, did you watch Iron Claw? I did. That watching that movie, you're like, damn! Like wrestling, literally, like destroyed. That's some different shit. I, like I won't. Shout out to Kevin Von Erich and like at the end of the Iron Claw, not to not to um not see to a picture of his anyone. family. See a picture of his family. Yeah, I couldn't have been happier for him. Me too, man. Because the whole movie, you're just you just feel for yeah, him. Yeah, I do not want anyone to think it's not too far off though. I was gonna say that the Von Erich family represents the typical wrestling family's trajectory, but. I mean, there's a lot of carnage and a lot of tragedy, but that is 
Man, Next level. God bless Kevin Von Erich. That is that Next is Next level, dude. Bro, that's yeah. insane. And look, I've seen this before. I know um in my own life right now, you know, all my dad, my, my dad and all his brothers passed away. My my father, like literally in the last 15 years, we lost all of those guys. Damn. Right. So my uncle Mark died. Uh, then my dad died. Then my uncle Milton died. Excuse me. My uncle Mark died. My uncle Milton died. My dad died. My uncle Ray died. Nobody touched 70, right? So the movie hit me in a different way at this time because I'm looking at it and I'm thinking about brotherhood bonds, a whole line of family, what it meant for my uncle Ray, who just passed away a couple of weeks ago, to be the last of his brothers mm -hmm. and to know that all of those guys are gone. You know, he didn't even make it a year and a half, two years after my father passed away. I'm not sure how much he wanted to be here right. um, after all of that stuff. And like if you if you from Baton Rouge or other places like that, you know situations where he didn't got killed, his brother didn't got killed, shit, his mama didn't got killed, everybody. So it's not like I don't know tragic situations like that. When it happened to them in the way that it happened to them, just the bizarre, hyper-tragic nature of all of it, it gives it this weird, almost spiritual through line. And you try to wonder, when you're watching a movie or you're ingesting a story like that, you, you wonder, like, what's the point? Mm. Like, what is like what, what did all of that tragedy mean? There has to be a meaning for someone to lose one kid from... Uh, uh, getting electrocuted, another kid from uh, suicide, another kid from suicide, another kid had gastroenteritis. Yeah, his uh, his intestines. I think three sons committed suicide. I think it was Carrie, Michael, and um, and the youngest one. So three suicides, and then all that. You have, you wonder these, you know, especially as they get older. You Even ask, like Carrie, like losing his leg. Well done in the movie. Carrie losing his just. Freak accident after freak accident. It's just a, a crazy, crazy, crazy story. Great movie though. Everybody should go check it. Zach Efron's fucking jacked. Yeah, he's big. I'm like, big. bro, what did he? What? I want to know. Like, that's like committing to a role because he turned into like a fucking John Cena level. Yeah, yoked ass fucker. He got big. Yeah. Got big. I mean, you know. I wanted to ask you because uh, you obviously the shots of the higher learning podcast. But what's it like working with a guy like Bill Simmons? It's great. Because I listened to the Bill Simmons pod. I've been listening for like fucking 10 years. So I mean, look, almost every, almost literally almost every episode. So here's the thing. So imagine that you're a person like yeah. myself, right? And you have all of these varied interests. Mm -hmm. You're probably the number one guy in terms of wrestling. Because mm -hmm. you're on, you, on rewatchables a lot too. Which not I now, love. but in history, right? Yeah. I'm on, you know, and but you love that. You love movies. You love sports. In history, you love yeah. politics. You love history. Uh, you are very invested into black culture. You have uh, thoughts on so many different things, video games, Marvel, all of that. Right. And then there's one place that somebody knows how to give you the opportunity to uh, express, develop, and utilize those talents and those interests. It's mm -hmm. not just about the fact that you're good at talking because I think that if you talk enough, you'll get good at it, right? right. Um, and if you get blind to the camera, then you'll do your thing. Sorry, James Andre Jefferson Jr. just finished a workout. We're in a competition. I'm listening. One place. I'm listening. I'm listening. See that? Nah, I like my job. Fuck it. No, go ahead. Since you're gonna check your watch while I'm doing my shit, go ahead. I like no, no, it. I'm listening. I'm nah, listening. that's enough. That's enough. That's enough. That's on the. That's on the. That's on McKinley High. I'm not finishing that shit. You know well, what I'm well, I gotta make sure. I always I have, to, I have to make sure it's not my kid or my wife. It's always. But if your kid has an emergency right now, you're sitting down with. The nigga who told Kanye off, I think you gotta make decisions. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that to me, that to me is disrespectful. Yeah, 
Daddy, daddy, I need ice cream. Daddy, daddy, I skinned my knee. Hey, your kid's name is Justin, right? Hey. No, my kid's name's not Justin. Probably, it probably it's is. It's Aiden. Either. First of all, both my kids are mixed. Justin or Aiden. See how close that is? Aiden and Millennium. Nigga, what? Yeah. Millennium? Yeah. My 10-year-old's name's Millennium, yeah. Millennium? Yeah. But they, I mean, there's got to be a story. Uh, so, me and my wife. Black lady? No, she's Mexican. But okay. my, uh, my son Millennium is, so we met when he was three. So I have an 18-year-old from my previous relationship, mm-hmm. right? Um, who I've had custody of the whole time. Me and my girl, when we started dating, her son is three, but he's never met his dad. So uh, she was watching TV one day uh, and there was like a Millennium Productions at the end of a TV show or something. And she was like, nobody else is going to name their kid this. I want a one of one name. Now she's right about that. So we call him Millie, uh, Millennium. A mi- Millie? Yeah. It's that really the hip hop shit again, the cactus t-shirt. A Millie, a Millie, Bro. a Millie, a Millie. No, nah, but he's... he's uh, What is he into? He raps? No, he plays basketball. No, he's he's Mexican, black, and Puerto Rican. Oh, man. Yeah. He about to be hell on these hoes, man. Yeah. That's a crazy... Mix. No, he's a, big, he's, a, he's a big, big hooper, though. He does? Like, what do he play? Like, uh, he played with Matt Kids or something like that? Uh, we're, He's in this Burbank League, and then he does this AAU tournament in sure, uh, Thousand Oaks. What are you like as a basketball dad? Are you like... um? Let me pick up the Bill Simmons question real quick because I don't want to finish this. So I enjoy working with the Ringer. I enjoy working with the Ringer because I'll say this: this last sentence. It's one thing to go to a place where your talent is utilized. Yeah. It's another place to work at a place where your interests right are utilized. It's different. Yeah, it's different. Your talent being utilized means hey, you're good at talking about something. We're gonna make you talk about this thing that you don't really care about that much. So that you can uh, do something for us because we need you to fill a spot. Well, like for like rewatchables, do you like tell them like, hey, if you ever do this movie, I want to be a, like, that's my shit. Not necessarily, but it, it'll it it'll be a situation to where it's like, hey, uh, do you like this movie? Or you'll get a list of movies. Like, hey, tell us which ones you like. Yeah, and then tell us which ones you rewatchables like. Rewatchables is fucking amazing. It's a great podcast. Just think about it. So think about how pure it is. It's just a podcast about rewatching old movies and talk about talking about what the movie meant culturally, what you care, how much you care about the movie, where you were at the time. Yeah, like in terms movie. of like any of my non hip hop like podcast listening, it's pretty much all Ringer Universe and Joe Rogan. Yeah. Cause I fucking love, uh, I love uh, the mismatch too with Verno and uh, Kevin O'Connell. My that's my NBA shit. Big Rogan guy, huh? Yeah, I like Rogan. What do you like about him? I just like the fact that like anybody who comes, like it's it, you, like he'll have a crazy conversation with like a comedian, mm-hmm. and then he'll have another conversation with like some dude who's like self-efficient, setting up like farmland grid, and then another guy who like talked about like fucking you know, uh, like, like mapping out the old world. You know what I mean? I mean, he, he did an interview with the, with a guy who went in and investigated the, uh, the, the, the mines in Congo, uh, the cobalt mines in Congo. Mm-hmm. That was fucking crazy that like, I just feel like if you, if Joe Rogan, there's enough, it's just such a vast range of conversations. Makes you, gives you more tools in your intellectual tool belt. And I wouldn't even say that. It just kind of like, because I, I don't agree with everything that's said on the podcast, you know? Like the nigger word. Well, yeah, I mean. Wait, you do agree with the nigger I word? I didn't say that. Well, see, see this look is at the, what you did. Th- there. This is the way, this is, wait, this is why you got to be careful. Because, like, 
You're, you're fucking. You know what? This this is, this is this is TMZ level bullshit. This is going this on is right where now. yeah. What well, you think I learned? This is where you got to be. This is where you got to be careful. This is where you got to be careful. Cause I could make that. I could that. I could make that clip look a crazy way. I in my head. That's what I can make that clip look crazy. Like no, you can't make Joe, it look that crazy. Yes, I can. On Joe Rogan, like I'm like I'm like oh, like the nigger word, which is a joke. And you went well. No, like, I mean, well, you said, you said you don't agree with everything. I don't agree with everything. I said, that's the, obviously that. Word, and you, I was you like, well, like, no, I, obviously I, I, I don't agree with that. that. No, yeah. obviously I don't agree with. You're trying to. Well, this is what we're gonna do. What were your thoughts? Well, I'm gonna take this and I'm gonna clip this and and try to ruin. And it. And then I'm gonna put it out there and I'm gonna I'm gonna do this whole thing in kayfabe. I'm gonna do I'm gonna do <laughs> wrestling terms. I'm gonna do this whole thing. I'm gonna clip this piece of this of this interview. And I'm gonna put it out there. I'm gonna put it on Twitter. It's, it's gonna you, you're gonna like. It. I'm gonna say. Bootleg Kev hesitates to answer whether or not I'm telling I'm, teach, I'm teaching everybody right now how to cook a headline. Yo, what's the point and shoot? Here you go. I'm teaching everybody right now how to cook a headline. This is how you cook a headline. When you're writing a headline, there are three things you need. Number one, conflict. Yeah. Like, for example, uh black iPhone on desk, no conflict. Mm. Right? How do you inject conflict into that headline about the black iPhone on the desk? How? Device made by child slave labor in China mm. left on desk. Now you have something that is. It'll peak. It, you'll be like, oh, oh, what is this device that was made by child? Let me slave see what labor? it is. Let me click what, on this. What is this? What? Why do we need children to make this device? What's the thing? What it is? That's the way you do that headline. One headline is I'm not gonna. I don't care about an iPhone being on the desk, but something that kids slaves made. I care about that. Click on the headline. Okay. Oh, it's an iPhone. Fuck. It's an iPhone, right? Selective outrage. Right. Now you go in there. Now by the time, by the time you get to. The fact that it's an iPhone, gotcha, bitch. You clicked. You didn't click my shit. Aha. Yeah. Dummy. It was just about an iPhone that someone left on the did desk. Did you? Did you? I mean, is Let that? Let me finish. Oh, go ahead. Please. I'm listening. Cat this tea. Now, we take, we take you, right? And I asked you a question. You balked at it. I'm not sure why, but if I cut it off right, <laughs> if if I cut it off, if I cut it off right there. I don't have to lie. It's not a lie. I can do it two ways. I can either ask a question that incites conflict, okay. which is... By the way, is this TMZ 101? Yeah. Okay. Watch bootleg, and there are people much better at it than I was. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I was a lot... In terms of like... Like writing, headline writing? Yeah, like much better, right? Watch bootleg, watch bootleg Kev hesitate. When asked if he supports Joe Rogan's N-word use. Now, you could do it that way. I wouldn't do that because mm. that's leading too much. It's actually not the type of headline I would write. I would write. I would watch. Boot, bootleg Kev. I'll probably put it in quotes. Bootleg Kev on Joe Rogan's N-word use. Well, and I'll put that in quotes. <laughs> <laughs> and I will put that in quotes. I will do like whatever you said. I will like I will like I will put bootleg Kev because this because then I got this is what I want. What I want in the headline number one. My name SEO. I don't want your name. God bless you. No. In whose the name? Do, who, who name? Whose name do I want? Joe Come Rogan's. On. That's the name I yeah, want. True. So I want Joe Rogan's name in the headline. That's fair. Okay. Yeah. So I want Joe. I might even go. I might even do this. I might even put above the headline. I might put Joe Rogan right, mm -hmm. and then I might put. Uh, 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 podcaster Cactus T 
agrees or, or, or balks uh, or, or, or hesitates when asked if he likes N-word usage on Ro- Joe Rogan experience. Boom. We're going everywhere. Now, then, then, this is what I'll do. Then I'll take the clip of Joe Rogan mm-hmm. saying the N-word over and over and over again. <laughs> put it, That's a sub-asset in the right. post. That's mm-hmm. at the bottom of the post. Oh, I've re- Yeah, this, is, this, sound, this sounds... Yeah, how oh, I see it. Uh, this is how you do it. Then as a sub-asset at the bottom of the post, mm-hmm. and then I put tags... And all throughout there, I got hyperlinks. I got I got Rogan's apology in the mm-hmm. post. I got Rogan saying the N word in the post. I got the whole nine. Yeah. And then I leave off on a question. I'm wondering because you obviously worked at TMZ, right? You're uh, that. I mean, you have one of the more famous moments ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, was there ever anything you were a part of over there that you ever like regretted later on in terms of like maybe a per- particular story or like what you just you like told that. me? You like that? Um, like you just walked me through this whole thing, which was essentially your job. Was there ever anything you you look back on and you're like, like, I, damn, that I was a part of, that you were a part of, or there that, are plenty of things that happened at TMZ that I was embarrassed about. Not even just that you were at TMZ for, but like maybe it was a story you wrote that maybe you got wrong initially. You maybe felt you like it was an unfair approach to that person. That after you got later context, you maybe you know were like, fuck. Oh, see, here's the thing about me. There, there is one time, and it's, there's something that I learned from it. There was one time where uh, I did this whole thing with a, a porn star that I found out wasn't sleeping with black talent, right? Okay. And so, and I named the porn star. Mm. The way I would do that now, because it was, it was kind of like, I'm just, I'm on TV, it's early, and I'm reckless. I'm just, hey, I found out that this porn star that everyone likes doesn't sleep with black talent. and uh, Who was the porn star? On camera. Well, if I do that now, it makes no sense. True. Okay, go ahead, so, go ahead, go ahead. So if I found out that they didn't sleep with black talent, and so I asked a question about it, and they weren't, like, they weren't into porn, so the entire room, they don't really know what's going on, right? So they're like, oh, my God. Like, oh, my God, blah, blah, blah. Harvey goes crazy. He loves the story. They put it up. They put her up there. They do the whole thing. Now, to me, is it a relevant conversation to have about uh, racism in porn or why certain porn stars won't. won't do scenes with black guys? Sure, it's a relevant conversation. But it's such a widespread widespread thing that's probably unfair to make one person the face of that, right? If you're going to talk about it the way you talk about it and not make one person the victim of a lot of vitriol when that person might not necessarily be a racist, um, is you just say, hey, you ask the same question because I asked somebody on the street, I said, hey, blah, 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 doesn't do that, did I name the person? You just say, hey, my favorite porn star or porn star I like or whatever, whatever like that. And then you, you have the same conversation, you get the same feel. Just remove the name. But somebody doesn't have to bear the brunt of it. Because it's, it, it's an industry-wide thing. It, it's not an industry-wide thing. Only certain people do it. No, I'm talking about just the racism in porn in general. Racism in porn is an industry-wide thing. Yeah. And I don't have any problem talking about that. And I don't have any problem asking somebody, okay, well, then what's the reason that you wouldn't work with black talent? Like, what is that reason? Because there, it's, that is, it, it's, it's such a fundamental, such a fundamentally troubling thing to me. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, you're, you'll do all of this, but like, not that. Mm-hmm. I mean, later on, I, fi- I figured out that they, I've talked to enough people, black and white, and they told me that there are just straight up business reasons for it. Whatever, it's their industry. I'm not going to get involved with it. They can fight their own battle. But what I'm saying is, whatever it is, whatever it is, forget about it, whatever it is, 
what I have to do is be really intentional when I want someone to wear a problem. Right. When I want to put a problem on somebody, when you're on television, when you're when you have a microphone in front of you, you have to be super intentionally, super intentional when you call somebody out. Mm. Because when you call somebody out, you make them the issue that you're talking about. And they have to have earned that to such a right. degree. Right. That you, you have to be so sure right. about that. Or else you just don't care about your own responsibility. That's something that I regretted or something that I learned to do differently. As far as stories that I might have broken, to be honest with you, not really. And I'll tell you why. The stories that that I was involved with, they weren't that big a deal. Like I, my job at TMZ, I wrote a lot of stories. But my job at TMZ, um, especially after the first couple of years, Cause you know I, I was on the street. No. Well, you started with like the tours. Right? I was on the TMZ tour, and then I was on the street, right, uh, with the camera. Sometimes those interactions I would regret. Just like running up on somebody, like. Um. Yeah, and it's because I'm from the south, and for the most part, that job was fun. And for the most part, for the most part, celebrities in Los Angeles they know the deal. They're cool. They're cool. They're they're down to have a good time, but every once in a while. You put the camera on somebody and you look and they'd have that look of I'm really having a fucked up day. Like something's going on with me. Like something's happening or you put your camera on somebody and they would be like, I don't know, crying or they would be sad or, you know, they're with their kids. Was there a specific instance you can recall? Not really. Not a specific one that I can recall. You know, of course you would have people get mad at you, but uh, not one where I felt that I can recall that I felt really, really bad about, but I just know that there it was like, it was, there were certain times to where I was like, oh, they're not fucking feeling this today. The paparazzi game is such an interesting one. I always have been like super intrigued by it. Like I watched, um, did you ever see the uh, Netflix show? It was only one season where they, like the ambulance chasers, who they go and they get the footage on like accidents and then they sell it to like the news stations and like stuff stringers? like that. stringers? Yeah. Yeah crazy show i forget what it was called so good it was actually like a netflix original but like on the paparazzi side it's like someone's gonna do that job right Mm -hmm. those people like have to i mean if that's their profession like i'm sure paparazzi have kids they have families they got to support themselves was it like are there like people who have just been doing this job because it feels like a means to doing something else if, no. you're, if you're doing that job. No, no, no. no. no or sure. there are people who like, yeah, yeah, they're sure. 30 doing years. It. They've been doing it for a long time. Been doing it as long as they can do it for, right? Because uh, there's always somebody new. And uh, Because you know, I think of like the guys who get like the real private photos. And I'm like, damn. Like, so let me tell you something about that or anything. This, there are very few jobs, any type of job that you can do that are completely devoid of integrity. Like, drug dealing is bad. We act like it's not, but it is. Oh, it's terrible. Drug yeah. dealing is bad, right? Yeah. There are levels to drug dealers. There's a way to do drug dealing, to deal drugs. And we're talking about serious drugs here. Talking about serious drugs. Yeah, like, yeah. if you're... I, fuck. There are a way to deal drugs to do less harm than somebody else. Hmm. Like, hey... I won't deal drugs to, to a kids. seven-year-old kid. I won't deal drugs to a pregnant lady. Right. I won't deal drugs. Like, there are ways to do that. Now, it's all bad, right? right? But there are ways to even do that with integrity, right? So if you look at being a paparazzi as an inherently bad thing, which, once again, it's part of a celebrity ecosystem. It's really not any different than anything else. Like, you're famous. 
part of being famous is leveraging fame mm-hmm. and people take your picture. It's part of a celebrity ecosystem. It in and of itself is not bad. However, the nature of the job sometimes can lend itself to being hyper-competitive. And when it's hyper-competitive, then that means that the humanity of the subjects on the other side of the camera mm. are not being taken into consideration. Right. So if it's, and the same thing about anything else, um, it's, I gotta be first, I gotta get the picture exclusive. The raciest photo. I gotta get the, the most- raciest photo, so I'll stick my camera up your dress. So I'll doorstep you, which means I'll be outside of your house waiting for you to come outside your house. Don't know what's gonna come outside your house. Doorstepping people, which TMZ didn't do. I'll uh, incite you. I'll put the camera in your face and ask you about your friend who died to try to get you to cry or try to make you mad because that picture's gonna go everywhere. Because once it gets hyper, hyper competitive and the capitalism gets involved, then that makes you look at the person uh, you're a big game hunter now. You're not a photographer anymore. Now you're trying to get something. You're trying to get something to sell to a site, right? Right. So there's, to if you're a freelancer, if you're TMZ, you work for TMZ, right? You got to f- abide by their rules. Right. And like the way it's supposed to be at TMZ is like you, you pick your camera up, someone says, hey, I'm not into it. You shut your camera down, right? To be respectful. Right. It's more of an on the street interview than it is actually just snapping pictures. That is not to separate what TMZ paparazzi are doing from anybody else. I, I I was on the street with a lot of different guys and most of them are cool. Like most of them are cool. But then you have some guys that don't give a fuck that are going to get the shot however they're going to get the shot. And if they have to follow you for a little while, if they have to wait outside your kid's school, if they have to do all of that stuff, they're going to get it. And so what I'm saying is that's not indicative of the industry per se. Right. To me, it's indicative of of what that person is willing to do to get an extra buck or to succeed. That's, yeah. I think it's just like, you know, I, I I feel like living here, you kind of see it a little differently because like you said, like you'll talk to people and they'll, they'll like management will call and be like, yo, my, my, my client's leaving uh, this restaurant at this time. Yeah. And I mean, that's, a lot of it, like, like a just, lot of it, is that though? Like a lot, management. like for people who don't know, like like like, or the artists will even do it, right? Oh my god, bro! Or the artist or the actor or whatever, because they want to paint their narrative. Yeah, I give you an example. Oh, well, I don't want to say names, but there was a R and B singer who was a pretty big R and B singer at one time that I knew through a friend of mine, and you know was at the Saddle Ranch in this big fancy car, and we had we were the three of us were eating at the Saddle Ranch. Right? We were hanging out, eating at the Saddle Ranch. And I was like, well, when you leave here, I said, you privacy, you on the low or whatever? And he goes, no, no, it's not at all. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to send a camera to you. I was like, no, as a matter of fact, I'm not going to send a camera to you. I got my camera in the car. I'm just going to shoot you. And we're going to do a little thing for TMZ. And so car pulls out. It's like a big red Bentley or something like yeah. that, right? Um, recognizable guy. Had hits. Um and I pulled the camera out. When I pulled the camera out and I start shooting him inside of this car, everybody starts coming around. Everybody's like, oh, my God, who is that? And they know his face. Right. Like, they probably wouldn't have bothered him any other time, but they know his face. Right. So everybody's going, to, man, I get in my shit and I'm going back to the office and I get a call. Bro, that fucking shit was crazy, man. We ought to do that all the time. Bro, I needed that, bro. Like, I fucking needed that, man. Mm. We should do that all the time. And now you have somebody that wants to get shots. You have people that want that you 
that uh, that want you to shoot them. That's a contact. That's someone that if they are ever involved in a story, you could hit them. Now that you have that relationship, right. or if someone tangential to them is ever involved into a story it, with the story, now you have that relationship. So there is not, for the most part, at least while I was there, there an adversarial relationship between TMZ and the celebrity at large. Most of the celebrities dig it. I don't know how it is now. Things have changed a little of bit. Of course, of course. But but most celebrities dug it to me. Most and if they didn't dig it, they didn't have a problem with they it. They got it right. Then, then there are some who just f- can't fucking stand it. Like Iggy Azalea, Iggy, Mel Gibson, the fucking uh, the uh, um like Owen and Luke Wilson. Oh, they don't fuck with it. Don't fuck with it. Like a lot of people like that don't fuck with it. And if I ever saw, if I saw a black celebrity and they were in a situation to where like, I remember one time I saw, uh, I saw Golden Brooks, nice, sweet lady. She Mm -hmm. was eating. She Mm -hmm. was at, um, she was actually with Regina King. Oh shit. They were, they were eating. This is years ago. Watchmen season two, please. Fuck. No, not Regina King. She was with Regina Hall. Um, she was with, she was with Regina Hall and they were eating at, uh, on sunset. And I remember I was walking around with my camera and I asked them, two black women, I'm not trying to, I asked They're trying to roll it, yeah. Yeah, they were eating. I asked them, like, after you guys done, do you want to do a shot for And they went, no, move on. Yeah. Not a big deal. Somebody else will be around, you know? But it's just, all of that stuff, once again, it's part of an ecosystem. What I will say about TMZ is this. There is a lot of criticism that TMZ gets, right? Yeah. From all all kinds of people, mm-hmm. you get criticism for T- from from TMZ. People will tell you you worked there, you did this, you did that, all of that stuff. People hate TMZ; they hate it. Everybody is TMZ. True. Like everyone is TMZ. Because guess what? When you see that famous person, what do you do? I mean that in two ways. Number one, when people know that you work there, it doesn't matter where you go. You go sit down at the nicest restaurant in LA. I'm in LA. I mean, I'm, I'm at Cut. I sit down, somebody comes over, they know me from the show. Hey, just to let you know, Tom Hanks is going to be here in a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like, shit. It, the, the valets, everyone, everyone wants to be a part of it. That's one Do you thing. tip them? Yeah, if they give you a good tip. Yeah. they give you a good tip. Yeah, you, you, I, I would. Um, and the other part of it is this. If you are an outlet or you are a radio station, you're a blog, you're whatever, and you repurpose a TMZ story. Meaning you report on what they reported. Right. You give the information that they got. You're TMZ. Yeah, I mean, I've used TMZ like, so much. Like you're <laughs> on like, the radio. Like what they want more than anything is for other people to pick up the things. Well, that I also reported. think like and so if and so my thing is I've had there have been so many places where even when I was working there and even after that I've been criticized, right? And then I hear them say, according to TMZ, this and this and happened. If that's like you can't have that both ways. If a place is too fucked up for you, either you're gonna say this place has to exist and you want them to be better. Or you're not going to fuck with them. And then on top of that, most of these other celebrities, I've had celebrities or people that I know directly criticize TMZ and what they've done. And then I'll see them when they have something to promote on TMZ Live. You can't do it that way. You, you, yeah, yeah. It's like you're going to shit on TMZ, but then when you, when you need which, us. Which, by the way, when I was there, there were times where the website 
wasn't a little irresponsible. It was insanely irresponsible, downright racist, sexist, insensitive, the whole nine. When I was there, um, uh, there was an attack, uh, an attachment uh, post-2016 to Donald Trump that TMZ did a lot of his bidding. I'm not at all caping for the organization. But what I'm saying is with some place like that, that thrives on attention, the sharing of stories. It's kind of like the Vlad thing, right? It's like people talk shit about Vlad, but then they'll go on his show when they have to promote their album or they need some clout or but they're washed. The reality is it's a massive platform. Yeah, it's a huge platform. And so, and so people... And I don't want to compare Vlad and TMZ because I, I don't want to do that because, you know... Look, I, I, there's nothing inherently wrong with TMZ. There's actually, actually inherently like, wrong with what Vlad is doing. Vlad is doing interviews. TMZ is doing celebrity news. The, the, the reality is... If you have a problem with it, if you have a problem with it, the only way to do, the only way to really affect that problem is to not, not participate yeah, don't or participate. consume. Yeah. That's the only thing you can do. Yeah. And the reality is, is that the influence on the, the website um, and the platform on culture is too strong for anyone to really do that. The way I look at- uh, Most people, some people. What TMZ is like, they've been right like almost I, I feel like the you know when they're not right they update the story in such a real time that it's like very few times you get they're going to be inaccurate yeah and it's, it, i mean I'll as a radio an, personality I always like yo let's check tmz what's TMZ i'll, I'll give you an example people said that tmz was inaccurate on the little wayne story remember mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. do you remember the story was it when he was it when he got arrested all right so i'm gonna i'm, I'm gonna do another tmz uh no it wasn't when he was arrested it was when he was uh sick Oh yes. Okay. Yes, when he was having his seizures. Yeah. Yes. Little Wayne. I remember that. This was one of the times that I caught some of the most hell. Okay. Um. All right. So, March 2013, TMZ reported that Lil Wayne was in a coma and received his last rites at Cedar Sinai Hospital. I remember this. Yeah. In Los Angeles. Okay. Uh. So let's look at. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give everyone right now another little lesson. Because here's the story right now. Um, let's look at it. So it's been updated a bunch of times right now, but You originally wrote this story? No, I didn't have anything oh, okay. to do with it. I okay. was uh I was um I was on the street at this time. Okay. So it says this it says Lil Wayne is in ICU critical condition after suffering yet another seizure. We're told it doesn't look good. TMZ has learned. We broke the story, the 30 year old rapper was rushed to see in the hospital. We first of all Prayers up for Wayne. Glad that Wayne is happy, healthy, and doing well. Of course, well. of course. Just using this as an example. This is one of the things. So all of this stuff that is is being alleged in here is being confirmed through sources. So someone is telling someone this. Right. Okay. Someone is telling someone that this is what is going on. Okay. So let me tell you what a lie is journalistically here. Is that that person isn't telling us that if we're making that up. Right now, so when they say Little Wayne is in critical condition and he's being read his last right. A source had to have said that. No, no, no. If a source says that and then it is put up on TMZ and it's attributed to sources, then that story is legit, right? If the source said it. If the source said that, then the story is legit. Now, if Little Wayne pulls through, the source said, hey, it doesn't look good. That's that person's. Objective Inter- interpretation opinion, of what's right? going on. Yeah. Doesn't look good. Somebody came in, 
Like they're preparing for something. Objective opinion. Now Lil Wayne rebounded and the whole world went. The whole world went. TMZ lied. It was never that big of a deal. Give people an example of something. You're married. I'm not calling this on your marriage. I'm yeah. just using this as an example. If you got brothers or sisters? One sister. Got one sister. If I walk into a restaurant right now and someone says, or if I'm on the basketball court and someone that I've never met before says, hey, you know Bootleg Kev? I saw you were on this podcast. I'm like, yeah. It's like, Bootleg Kev's getting a divorce. Knock, knock. Bootleg Kev is not getting a divorce. God protect this marriage. Um, says, Bootleg Kev is getting a divorce. If I run to the website and put that up on the website, that's an irresponsible story. Because who's your source? Who's my source? You have a sister. My sister tells you. If your sister tells me, Right. If your sister then tells you, me, then then it's like, well, that's that's a that's a source. sources close to Bullet Kev say the marriage is on the rocks and divorce is, is on the imminent. table or something. Yeah. If you do not get divorced, that does not make that story less true. The story is not you getting divorced or not getting divorced. The story is your sister who they don't know who she is. I'm not. You're not going to out your source. Right told us that you were getting divorced the strength of that and that goes for journalism everywhere hey before the Dobbs decision is coming out uh, somebody gets a hold of the opinion that somebody wrote or someone like this hasn't leaked yet but according to sources that tell ABC News this information is coming out well if the information doesn't come out ABC News would be embarrassed of course, and so you have to do your due diligence with the sources that you have that they're not going to double back on you. Right. But the reality of the situation is if you have a source and that source is ironclad and that source is in with whomever you're talking about, that's a go on that story. The question about whether or not you would report something that's that serious unless you knew it to be, tr- to to be, be 1,000% yeah. true. That's different. Varies, varies. Platform to platform. Varies, platform to platform. Yeah. When you report about Michael Jackson and the fact that he had passed away, you haven't seen the body. You haven't checked his pulse. Right. You haven't done any of that stuff. You don't know. When you report on Prince, like you, you haven't seen his dead body. Right. Somebody that knows him really well said he was dead. Yeah. And so, and, and you know that to be true. You're staking your relationship with them in a, in a journalistic way of them, on them being a good source. Right. So, when I say that they're normally right, it's if if they if something is factually correct or factually incorrect, it normally won't go up on the site. I'll talk about one story that I did have. Jason Pierre Paul, the football player, mm-hmm. remember him? JPP. Fireworks incident, maybe? Yep. yep. I knew about that hours before it happened. Hours. Like hours before it happened. Somebody hit me and literally went, Hey man, JPP just blew his hand off with some fireworks. Hours before it happened, it ended up because that was on Fourth of July, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. so it ended up happening maybe at a certain time. It was on the East Coast, and I couldn't ever put it up on the site. I couldn't put it up on the site because I couldn't confirm it. I couldn't get a picture of it, right? I couldn't get any of that stuff, right? I could have gone on the source that he did that, but it's such a finite thing that when it's this has happened, not this will happen. But this has happened. 
I even need to be able to talk to somebody that saw the hand and can give me pictures of the hand. I need to be ironclad because I can't put that up and, and then have it not be true. Because that's a straight that's up a, it's lie. It either happened or it didn't happen. It either happened or it didn't happen. That's a straight up lie. Yeah. So guess what? That's fair. We put it on the story. We couldn't get it. Right. The guy who did get it, I think it was Schefter. Probably, um, yeah. He violated HIPAA laws to get it. Because he got the shit. I remember him getting in trouble. I don't want to say if Schefter, if it wasn't Schefter, so because I don't want to get Yeah, you don't want to like, yeah, but yeah. somebody, somebody. You take out the Schefter thing. Okay. There was, there was actually somebody who did get it that violated HIPAA laws to get the story and ended up getting in trouble. We weren't going to do that. We weren't going to call, uh, we weren't going to call any hospitals to try to get it. We were calling any doctors to try to get it. I was trying to get deeper into his inner circle to have someone give me a picture of right. that. Damn. That's crazy. I feel like that world, the Schefter, like, uh, you know, the Shams versus Woj world, that shit's crazy. Mm -hmm. It's so it's 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 like the sports TMZ. It's the same thing. Yeah. I mean, we have TMZ sports. So it was the same thing, but we didn't do contract stuff. It was more lifestyle stuff around the guys. But the same thing. A, a, a trade is about to happen like uh, at three hours from now. Yeah. They send it to Woj. Send it to Woj. They yeah. send it to Woj. Woj bomb. Boom. What if they didn't take the deal off the table? Did Woj lie? Mm -hmm. No. Somebody told him that. You know what I'm saying? For sure. I was going to ask you, you, you mentioned that people were, it felt like TMZ did the bidding for Trump. And I feel like a lot of, all the news networks are pretty much guilty of that. No, they weren't. I think CNN did. In terms of just how much they covered him, there was like a free infomercial no, no, for Trump all day. About. That's not what I'm talking about. Oh, okay, I didn't know. I'm not talking about, um, I'm not talking and, about, like, I'm not, I'm not talking about. What capacity did you mean when you said that? That the stories were favorable. Oh, they were favorable, favorable for him. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, so that's different. Like, because Harvey and Trump were friends. They're oh, I didn't know that. Oh, they were. Um, I, well, I was going to ask you just like, because you, you, you talk politics a lot on your podcast for people who don't know. Go check it out. It's a dope podcast. Higher Learning Podcast, the Ringer Podcast Network. We're going to have Cactus Tea on our show pretty soon. Well, I was going to ask you like, um, where do you see, because I don't think Biden's going to end up being the, the guy, because <laughs> I think he'll lose. I think they probably know that by now. Yeah. Um, so get, roll that out for me. Well, I was just going to ask you, like, no, 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 no. Stay on your opinion. So Biden's not going to Biden's not going to run. So who's going to run? I think it'd probably be Gavin Newsom. Gavin Newsom will run. Okay. When are they going to make this decision? I think they got to make it after Super, probably after Super Tuesday. So, we or uh, after the primaries is what I meant to say. After, after the Democratic primaries. Yeah. So they're going to do the primaries. Joe Biden is then going to be. I think he's going to take like a, if I had to predict it, I think he's going to probably just for like health reasons, just step away, mm -hmm. which is probably like the, the, the way to do it. Right. Hmm. So with every passing day, every passing second, that becomes less likely. You're right. Because I, I don't disagree with you. Mm -hmm. My thing is, is do you feel like what happened? Cause I feel like the CNN Fox News, News Cycles, MSNBC, during 2016, 2015, all you would see is Trump, 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 yeah. Trump because it was good for ratings, right? And I feel like something similar- It was also a relevant news story. It was, it was, but I feel like something similar is kind of happening now, but in terms of like all of these cases that are, I mean, that, and he broke the law, right? Mm -hmm. Well, allegedly, obviously, he's going to have to go to court and, you know- It looks like it, if you were being objective, that there's some smoke there in some of these cases, yeah. Right, so- are all these cases to me are kind of doing the same thing that the media did from the first go round because I feel like it's kind of it like making people feel like he's like a martyr more now than ever. Mm -hmm. Who who if you had to predict who's going to be the next president right now? I will predict I will predict Joe Biden. Um here's the thing. So you think Biden's sticking sticking in it? 
If I had to predict, if you had to, that's fair. Okay, your your scenario is uh, is not out of the question, but I'm interested. Oh, the reason why I ask follow ups is because I'm interested in the specificity of it, right? Right. Okay. Joe Biden's not going to run. Everybody say, okay, Joe Biden's not going to run. Who's going to run? Are they going to get Michelle to do it? That'd be nice. Is he going to? Uh, uh, so, so in your situation, right? In your let's uh, say it's Newsom versus Trump. Let's say it's Newsom, right? That's a gigantic problem for the Democrats. Newsom is a is a I wouldn't say a great candidate. He's a corporate Democrat like the rest of them. He's are. a extremely corporate Democrat. Yeah, but he's a corporate, but he is young. Charismatic, who was just hanging out with Clinton today. Um, speaks incredibly well. He's a statesman. Went He's presentable. Fox, yeah, went on Fox News, was able to mix it up with Sean Hannity or whoever else they have him on there. Yeah, held he, his own against Hannity. Held his own against DeSantis. Well, actually, eight, eight, the eight, eight Hannity's lunch. Um, no, murdered Hannity yeah, for sure. Hannity's lunch. Yeah, yeah. But okay, so if Gavin Newsom is your candidate. What's the problem with that? What's the huge problem with him being a candidate? I think that the national opinion of California mm-hmm. is that it's in shambles and that he's a terrible. I don't think that's that big of a deal. What do, what do you think is the main problem then? You jumped Kamala Harris. So the, the, the fact that you jumped Kamala Harris, right? Yeah. After making such a big deal. Of her being the first woman. About her color, being the first, the first woman black, vice, vice president. Yeah. Uh, VP. Yeah. You jumped Kamala Harris now. Every single black woman, not all of them, but a lot of black women, let me not speak in absolutes, that uh, support Democrats more loyally blindly. than any yes. other yeah. group. I wouldn't say line, blindly. Not. No, 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 but, but very, very like, I mean, my, my, my grandma and my mom are like that. Like, what I'm saying is though, school Democrats, well, it's black, like, it doesn't matter. Know, black women are incredibly well-educated and I think they're making decisions uh I don't think it's blind support. I think it's traditional support. I wouldn't call it blind. Okay. Um, those voters are now, to a degree, disenchanted. Now, that doesn't mean that they would vote for Donald Trump. I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying is it would be incredibly politically risky if you were going to go with another candidate so to alienate your base. most loyal base. Loyal base. Yeah. So let's say it's Kamala Gavin. Kamala Gavin, like Kamala at the top of the ticket, Gavin as, as vice president. Yeah. Would he do that? I would I would think so. I don't he know. he wants to be president, dude. Absolutely. I think he will be one day. The question is not the question is when. The question is, is it twenty eight? Does does Kamala still get her turn? Does she still get her turn at president? Is he uh does does she come back in twenty eight? Then does he have to wait or does he jump her? Obama jumped a couple of people. Yeah, it just dep- it, it, sometimes you 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 grab the world in in your hands and you have to do that. Jumped Hillary, <laughs> jumped Hillary, right? Yeah. Um, and so then, when you come back to kind of what it is we're talking about in terms of of Donald Trump right now, there's a couple of questions I would ask you. Uh, who's indicting Donald Trump? I mean, that's the question. If he gets indicted, I think that is. Well, he's been indicted. Well, if he gets convicted, rather. Right. So if he my gets question con- is. When I say who's indicting them, I'm talking about, I'm asking specific questions about the coverage, right? CNN isn't indicting Trump. Uh, uh, MSNBC isn't indicting Trump. Trump has been indicted in New York, in Georgia, and he's been indicted by the Justice Department, okay? So those entities indicting Donald Trump, whether you feel like it's politically motivated or not, they have a duty to prosecute crimes. right? And if there are crimes... 
uh, committed under their watch and they become aware of these crimes. They're not going to take it to indictment unless they think they can get a conviction, right? That's the only purpose of doing it. So right. they have to prosecute criminals. So what I wouldn't want is a Justice Department or a DA or any of these people that represent you know, the carceral uh, the carceral uh, conditions of America and the carceral state that we live in, which is bad. Mm-hmm. I'm not a huge fan of just locking people up and throwing away the key. That's not the way I look at the world. But I want I wouldn't want any of them to not indict or prosecute specifically a wealthy white man because they think it's bad politically. I think if you are going, no one thinks about whether or not it's bad for the hood when you are going to indict a man for selling drugs and he has a family or he has a baby's mother or he has this. No one thinks about if it's bad for his family. No, for sure. Nobody thinks about if it's bad for anything else when they do that. I see criminal, I get criminal, I put criminal in jail. So, and and more often than not, when we're looking at the other side of this, those guys are being targeted. They are being stopped and frisked. For sure. There are police in their neighborhoods waiting to create a criminal out of the circumstances and the systemic dysfunction and failure that has existed in America for a very long time. There are people waiting to do that. So they're almost born into this sort of uh, legal entrapment that for a lot of them it's difficult to escape. So the question isn't whether or not it's it's making people sympathetic to Donald Trump, whether or not I, to indict I, I, him. The question is, did he fucking do it? So I think that's the question on the factual base. But I'm talking about perceptually, it doesn't matter. What like, difference does that make, though? Well, I mean, we're so you see. So you so you would want you would want the Justice Department to say no, 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 because no. then that would certainly but demonstrate what I'm saying collusion is, between the Justice no, Department no, no, no. What and I'm, the administration. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is, you're saying they're doing their job, which they are doing. Mm-hmm. I think that. Joe Schmo's perception of what's happening is, oh, it's all happening at the same time. There's a reason why they don't want him in, so I'm going to vote for him. That's look. Here's the thing. I'll just be honest with you. Maybe, maybe there are people who who um who are more sympathetic to American criminals, right? I tell you what. People have how Americans have had a long cultural relationship with criminality, right? Uh, mafiosos. Um, Scarface you know, Scarface Dope dealers All have been lion eyes And yeah. there have been Movies made about them And all stuff I'll tell you what They've never done They've never t- taken One of those guys That they knew To be a criminal um, And decided that He was going to Lead the country So what what I'm going to say Is this If we are so deep Down the rabbit hole Of uh, Trump's being Persecuted Or something like that Has happened to you That you want them To, to lead the nation That's fine You can't it's a, argue it's, with it's that a, Listen it's a wild it's not wild at all. I'm it's, not, it's a wild. I just feel like we've been living in like a Family Guy episode or a South Park mm-hmm. episode the last like eight years. So like if he if he's like reelected, I would not be surprised. Is all I, I wouldn't be surprised either. Look, here's the thing. When, when, you, when you ask me why I think that he'll lose or why I think that Biden, who is objectively a bad candidate. For sure. Like objectively a bad candidate. Yes. Right. I'll give you a couple of examples why I think that. Um. One, history tells me Trump will lose. Trump won one election, mm-hmm. and then he's been consistently losing elections since then. Lost in 2020. His, all uh, the midterms. Have, the midterms, yeah. people have flipped on him. They've cooled. Yeah, on, the, the people who have like dived into the election stealing shit have been losing. Yeah. Also, that, there's been a referendum from America right. uh, 
on Trumpism, on the whole MAGA thing, the the parts of America that are very definitively MAGA are not going to come away from it. They feel represented and seen through that, so that's not going to change. But the people who are at the margins of that that actually flipped elections, they have been going a different way. So I would have to see them elect him again to for me to it. change trend. Not for me to believe it, because they did do it in 2016 right. to change trend, number one. I also do think that as the criminal... Uh, trials begin and as things mount, he will probably become even less desirable by some of the other people on the side. The Republicans are working against Donald Trump right now. They're trying to get Nikki. They're trying to get Nikki Haley. Yeah, DeSantis, whatever. Yeah. not gonna be able to do it. He's still gonna win. But I'll say this. Um, so with all of that stuff, like I think that Joe Biden uh, probably still would beat Donald Trump if uh, if he ends up in a general election. But Joe Biden and the Democrats are doing themselves, and I'm, a, I'm all the way to the left, they're doing themselves a tremendous disservice in the way they are running their campaign. I they, just saw Obama, like sources close to Obama said that he's... There you go. Yeah. So... Um, you saw that story about... I did see yeah. it. There, there are a couple of measurables out there that actually look good for the president, that look good for his administration. Uh, economy's coming back, not the way people will want it to come back, but it's coming back robustly. Not as, maybe as quickly as people want to come. Right. Economy's coming back. Gas prices coming down. Mm-hmm. Um, we keep talking about how bad things are in the streets. Data says, "Y'all talk to people. You always have to talk to people." But data says that violent crime is down in most of the places where it was up before. There's still places where it's terrible. And if you're on the ground in some of these places and you talk to people, they're gonna get you're gonna get all kinds of different stories about how their lives actually are. I get that. So there are things to message. They're not messaging them. Well, they've always kind of been the worst at uh, promoting themselves. They're they're they have a messaging problem. Well, well, one a branding problem. Well, one problem that they have now is that they don't have an executive that's capable of speaking uh, with authority and charisma to his wins or to his failures. His his failures. Right. They don't have that. He's right not now. capable. He's not capable. And for whatever reason, they've sidelined Kamala Harris. She hasn't been where she needs to be. People think that these things are criticisms of the, Dem- of the Democrats that I make. I'm not Democrat. But I said I'm all the way to the left, but I don't have any party affiliation. Uh, people think that these criticisms that I make of the Democratic Party are ones that I'm making because there's some sort of secret agenda from me mm-hmm. uh, or from anybody else. They're observations that I hope that people would listen to so that these things would change. There's no problem right now that people that look at the world like me are observing that would be better under Donald Trump. The war in the Middle East would be prosecuted in a much less favorable way, in a much more aggressive um, and bloody way to the Palestinians in Gaza uh, than it already is being. And what we're seeing over there right now is terrible, ridiculous murder, right? That's crazy. So um, just all over the place, but it would be worse under Trump. Trump, while he was in office, uh, you could make an argument, stoked some of these... Tropes. Uh, no, they, he, he stoked some of these fires. He, he, some of these tensions arose under him. He made the decision geopolitically to move the embassy um, uh, to Jerusalem and recognize Jerusalem as the capital of Israel, right. which was a long-held point of contention between uh, you know Israel and the West Bank, like who runs, who has Jerusalem? Everybody had just said, kind of, we're leaving that on the table. We're not trying to figure that out. 
where it's a, it's a place that nobody kind of owns. You got to talk about Jordan, the Westbrook, all that stuff. And Trump was like, no, 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 no. Uh, Jerusalem is the cultural and political center of Israel. He moved it there. And not very many other places in the world went along with um, him doing that. The reality of it is that he did that to signal just how staunch an ally he is of not just Israel, but of Bibi Netanyahu. I want to make sure I say this. Any criticism that I have of Israel is of Israel as a state. Right. Any criticism that I have of any state is of that state as a state, right? People are diving deep into some pretty uh, obvious anti-Semitism, mm-hmm. and these things are being conflated. But if you are talking about a country and its geopolitical actions, its economic actions, its human rights violations or human rights violations that have been committed against them in, Jan- in, in October 7th, right. one of the worst terrorist attacks we've ever seen. You have to talk about it in a sanitized intellectual way. And the reality is there is a geopolitical advantage for the United States to have an ally where Israel is situated, for them to have a country that has some semblance of democracy. And to not, blindly support. And to blindly support it, not because they believe in Israel, its people, its freedom, its self-determination, or the freedom of the self-determination of anybody else in that region, but because they believe in their own. And it's they, our own interests that are, yeah. Their own interests at heart. Yeah. It's being able to check up on Iran, Iran and mm-hmm. being able to have an ally there. And so you'll send them as many Apache helicopters as they need, $3.3 billion a year. So when you're talking about like what you think a country should be able to do and what they should, what they should do, you're talking about how you look at the world. And the way I look at the world is through things that have been deprived of me when I was a kid in Baton Rouge, which is freedom, justice, access to food, water, health care, um, environmental justice, uh, ha- one person, one vote, um, having your life matter. Those are things that when I'm consistently burying people where I'm from that I do not see being reflected in certain situations all over the world, right? And that's the way I look at the world. I don't look at the world through America first. Right. I don't look at the world through uh, the lens of what's good for us is the most important thing to me. I look at the world through the lens of are people getting what they need? Do people have what they need? Particularly in this case, I'm asking America to be the, the police for the entire world. Particularly in this case, America's involved. Yeah, very much involved without being involved. Right, uh, America's involved. So if America's involved and, you know, three cents out of every dollar that I have are, are, are going to the Defense Department, whatever the number is, uh, probably more than that, um, then what I want to know is that the people in charge have values and beliefs about the value and sanctity of human life that align with mine. Well, the only candidate that's running that is Cornell West that shares those, I feel like, because everybody else I feel like is very much... That's what, I mean, it's not a Biden thing, it's not a Trump thing, it's an American thing. Oh, it's an American. To, that's to, a, that's to, a, I think that's the, it's the most, the most bipartisan shit ever to support And by the way, here's a, here's the deal. And the killing of Jeffrey Epstein. And oh it, my it's, God. It's like, it's, it's like, the he, Epstein shit's crazy. But, but, but here's the thing. This is what I'm saying. What I'm saying is this. I'm saying that there's, I have a problem with there being, with, with having allies. There's right. no problem with America being like, like in a cultural or economic or even a military alliance with Israel. The, the problem becomes when things are being rubber stamped that as an American citizen, I think go against our stated morals and goals. And yeah, values. the value, the, the the values of the country that have never been upheld, or things that go against mine. Right. 
And I'm allowed to say, hey, you know what? I want everybody to be safe. I want everybody to feel safe in their own home. I love the fact that there's a place where Jews can go and they can feel at home right. and they can feel safe. Right. I want everybody to have that. But at the same time, what I want is for power in the world to be responsible. That's it. That's beautiful. Beautifully said. Yeah. Look, we out. I got to say something real quick before I go. I'm fucking with Cactus Tea and everything that you're doing, baby. Thanks. My mixtape's coming soon. Cactus Tea mixtape coming soon. Yep. Joe Rogan and we're a situation. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, by the end of the week, when is this dropping? Uh, probably Friday. Okay. So by next Friday, by next Friday, you're going to be Donald Trump. Wow. Because I'm going to write this headline. I'm going to doctor this headline. I'm going to go. They're very fine people. I'm going to find find all the other stuff you did for some sub assets. I got you. Now I'll fuck with you big time. I appreciate you, brother. Yeah. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at Let'sMakeAPlan.org.